Blue Diamond Honey Roasted Almonds are my love language. Sweet, salty, irresistible. But the crunchy and tangy salt and vinegar also give me the feels. The choice is hard with flavors so good. Blue Diamond Almonds. Super flavor, all on a superfood. In trouble. Kind of in trouble. There we go. All right, lovely Lara, thanks for coming in. The gorgeous Jessica McCreary. Mama Susan, how are you? Fabster, how you doing, buddy? You know? Oh, he gives a mic. That's terrible. Ray Bartell, welcome to SOR Chat. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, Simply Coco, how are you? You're looking gorgeous tonight, by the way. What's the drink of choice for tonight? Please let us know. Damien K, how you doing? Chris Mo in Austria, thanks for joining us. And Uncle Dale and his power stash are here. If you're in Austin, Texas, and you see Uncle Dale, rub his power stash for good luck right through the 4th of July. Bones, how are you? Thank you for joining us. And DC, welcome to SOR Chat. And uh, Ruger Ridge, good to have you here. And Peppa H, nice to see you. Hi, Sandra. Hi, Sandra. Hi, Sandra. I'm done. I'm done roll call. All right. 20 seconds before we rock. And we have to remember that a good way to support this show is through the Super Chat. We really do appreciate the love and support. Hello, gorgeous cryptid Huntress and Troy SR71. He flies at box speed, by the way. And we're going to get going here in about five seconds. So I need a favor. Let's get the horns up and rock. Here we go. From the mountains of central British Columbia to you listening around the world, this, my friends, is Spaced Out Radio. I am your host, Dave Scott, sitting in the captain's chair of SOR headquarters. We welcome you to tonight's show on our terrestrial affiliates around North America and digitally on TalkStream Live, Odyssey Radio, and KPNL. All of our archives are free. Join us at youtube.com forward slash spaced out radio. Do old Davey the favor, hit that subscribe button. You can follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. Our website, spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read Shirky Poo's Newswire, check out our swag as well. Tonight's show is brought to you by Chive Charities. Help make the world 10% happier by visiting Chive Charities today. You can find them on our website. We got a great show of Paranormal tonight on Ghosts of the Great White North, which means our main man Merle is back. Yes, he is. And he's got the ghost bombs with him. Then, in hour number three, we're going to visit the swamp, where Swamp Dweller's going to have another spooky story for us. The fedora-wearing John Hudson comes on in to talk UFOs. Then we got Shirky Poo's news to round out the show. Now, in the middle of each month, we like to bring in the man, the myth, and the ghostly legend. We call him Merle around these parts, as he is our resident ghost hunter from the Paranormal Road Trippers out of Vancouver, British Columbia. And together, we do a show called Ghosts of the Great White North, where we actually, well, one of the only times a month, talk paranormal and ghosts. Why? Well, because most of you like UFOs, cryptids, and everything else. But every now and again, we like a little sprinkle of the ghosts. Tonight, 
Our special guests are Kelly, Julie, she says she's a hard J, not a soft J, and Liz. Emily will be joining us a little bit later because, you know, she's got some mom activities. These ladies, you know, they, they walk around and they do their thing and have their Starbucks and eat a scone every now and again. You know, that's their morning gig, doing the mom thing, doing the wife thing. But then when the night goes dark, these ladies paint their nails up, get their hair ready, put on their stealthy stilettos, and they are off and running to find the local and latest and the most awesome hauntings that we can bring together. So, Merle, how you doing, buddy? Good to have you back on Ghosts of the Great White North. Doing very well, Dave. Looking forward to the show. How are you doing? I am doing great, my friend. I am doing absolutely great, and you've got some wonderful guests for us tonight. Take the time to introduce these lovely ladies. I can't top your introduction, but we do have the Ghost Moms, and you guys are from Missouri, correct? Correct. Correct. I have family ties to Missouri. Nice. Yep. Um, I love your TikTok. I'll just throw it out there right now. <laughs> Thank and, you. Um, your consistent reels on Instagram. Those are those are top tier as well. And, Thank you very um, much. I just want to dive into ghosts. And how did you guys get into it? Oh, I'll take that one, I guess. Uh, goodness. I've been interested in it since I was wee. Uh, my grandmother kind of had an ability, I think, to sense spirits. And I'm not going to say I inherited that, although I wish I had. But I definitely sensed what I felt were ghosts when I was a little girl. Uh, I really got into the paranormal by obviously watching all the shows. I kind of just got obsessed with it. And every time I would see a piece of equipment on a show, I would order it because <laughs> I wanted to see how it worked and you know what it was all about. And I went to a graveyard with my where my grandmother was buried, and I did an EVP session on a digital recorder and caught the voice of a toddler. And when you, the girls will agree with me, when you catch your first EVP, it, it changes everything because you know without a doubt you were the only one there. And I basically just kind of shared my enthusiasm for the paranormal. We all met through kindergarten. <laughs> Our kids were in the same school and <laughs> naturally. And Liz happened to mention that she worked in a haunted church and we were... <laughs> We were in New Orleans going on a haunted tour, and one thing led to another, and then we decided we needed to do an investigation, all of us together. Mm -hmm. Ghost Moms was launched. It's been two and a half years. I think we tried to figure out the exact start date, but it's roughly two and a half years now. I think it's three. Is it yeah. three already? Okay. Since wow. we did the first church investigation, yeah. It flies by when you're having a ball, <laughs> which we are. Yeah. Absolutely. What was your first investigation like together? Um, Liz, you well, check that. I was at the church, and I don't think we really knew what to expect. And we're, you know, it's wee hours in the morning. We're in an empty church in the basement, and we had equipment going off, and we were all kind of freaking ourselves out. And then um, we had a point in the night where we had the ovulus, and all of a sudden it said, humans outside and we were like all right we're done <laughs> for the night yeah. but then after that we're like oh we got to do this again and it's we've kind of 
started doing it again. We, you know, every so many months and now we're up to like twice a month. Yes. We love it. We're addicted. <laughs> we've learned as we learned as we go. That's the key. Cause we were definitely, I mean, we were newbies out of the gates. We didn't really understand a lot of the lingo. We didn't understand basically the different realms we were dealing with. We didn't understand the different kinds of hauntings. And now that we've done more locally and across the country, we're becoming much more well-versed on what to expect. Sometimes we like to go in blind, but we at least have an idea of what we're doing, what we need to do. Um, we can definitely detect different kinds of energy and we know how to interact when we can, Those when to you know determine those moments. Um, and, you know, it's just fun. We have a really good energy together. I think that's the key. We 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 get a lot of kid ghosts, which I find interesting. Um, I think mm-hmm. it's our, maybe it's a maternal energy that we project. I'm not sure. But we do um, often seem to encounter more childlike spirits. We know they could be demons. We're very well aware. <laughs> but we're going to choose to think they're actually children. <laughs> what was your guys' first encounter as the team? You mean Ooh. any activity or do you mean one that really spooked us? One that really spooked you. <sighs> Kelly, what do you think? Um, I think the first one that really spooked up. I, I mean, we were obviously just, it's scary when you first start to just be in the dark. I mean, that is really um, scary. But uh, at the same time, uh, I think the first one that really scared us was we were in Beaumont, Kansas. It's this teeny tiny little town of 50. We're the only people in the hotel. Mm-hmm. The entire hotel, they left the key for us under the mat, actually, which was really funny. And we um, we just, we were sitting there and the REM pods kept going off. And then all of a sudden, things started moving and we all just screamed. And it, 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 was, it was a really intense, really intense session. And I think that was the first time we were all like, we need to keep doing this. And this is unbelievable because we can't believe how much action we had. I mean, Mike, you know, it's very addictive, especially once you actually start experiencing activity. You, you almost need it. Mm-hmm. So You taste it. Absolutely. I agree with you. Yeah. I just had that pretty good investigation two weeks ago. I went up north past Dave's house. And, um, man, the snow was still like five, five and a half feet. Oh, my gosh. And it was probably the coldest I've ever been on an investigation. Child's play. Horrible. Child's play. <laughs> no, Dave, you can have it. <laughs> but worth it, right? I'm Absolutely. in the bush. I'm in the bush trying to find Sasquatch, and he's whining about a little snow on the. Yeah, ground. and for Kelly. Ah! Well, I mean, we we joke, but winter investigations, you know, we just kind of bundle up. Most, as Mike knows, most of these places, a lot of them don't have heat, or if they do have heat, it's just one room, and you kind of have to come back and warm yourself, and then go back, back and forth. We definitely prefer summer investigations <laughs> yeah. because we can be wearing our tank tops and our leggings and much more relaxed and cool. Um, it's it's it, except if it's sweltering. We have had a couple where we couldn't even. I don't think we made it past. We really like morning. spring and fall. Yeah, yep. spring and the fall. There we go. <laughs> I would say I've I've become more fair weathered ghost hunter as well. But if I have to go in the winter or in the rain, I will go. Yes. Yeah. Well, that's yeah, the thing too. <laughs> The Child's only one we've ever canceled was a one going to this one place in Kansas, and they were forecasting, I think, 70 to 80 mile an hour winds that would yeah. go across the highway as we were driving. And 
even our husbands kind of put the kibosh on that and we're like, that's just dumb, you guys. And we were we were like, we can make it. It's fine. Right. I want to ask you, ladies, and, and Kelly, we'll start with you on this one. Uh, for for those of you, you guys have personal lives. You you are you're family people, you are mothers, you you have this interest that you share together, but what about the people around you, your husbands, your friends, their friends, your you know, the PTA? What do they all think of what you're doing? Well, I think when you first tell people, they're a little taken aback because we don't look like the typical ghost hunters. (laughs) Um, But then everybody's really interested because everyone has a story. Everyone has a story of something that's happened to them. They'll either say, I'm an interior designer and I've told a client and she'll say, oh my goodness, I have had a ghost in my house and I caught it on my ring camera or... You know, I've talked to friends and they'll say, oh, my gosh, when I was a little girl, I had this happen to me. Um, The crazy thing is, talking about, like, the PTA, we have an auction at our elementary school and parties raise money. So you'll spend, like, $100 to go to a party. And one of the parties is getting to go ghost hunting with the ghost moms. And you can spend, like, $100 a ticket to go ghost hunting with us. And we sell that out in, like, minutes. So it's, uh, it's pretty fun. So I think people are taking it back at first, but then people are really curious and definitely want to go with us. That's very cool. Have you ever had any reaction from teachers or, or other parents like, you know, I, I, I don't want your kid playing with mine because your mom just goes. <laughs> Have you ever had that? No, I think yeah. here's the deal. Because they aren't expecting us to say we're paranormal investigators, I think it opens the door that necessarily wouldn't have been open because maybe they were skeptical. Maybe they never even watched a paranormal show where they just thought everything, there's no way any of that is true. And we kind of at least lend a little bit of um, intrigue to it. And so once they realize how interested and passionate we are and they see our evidence that we post that we can't explain, you know, we're not going to shove ghost or real down their throats. We're simply going to say, we can't explain this. You're welcome to see us investigate and try to figure it all out. And I think they become even more interested. And then instead of shutting it down and being like, I don't want any of that, it opens the door to something that they maybe wouldn't have ever considered before. Well, I, I uh, used to do a tour at our local museum uh, to help raise money for it. And one night, one of the museum curators actually caught the the local deacons and the priest from, uh, or the minister from the church, actually going around with holy water, uh, spraying it on, on on all the buildings because they didn't want the dirty, grimy, uh, evil ghosts around here. Oh and we gosh. we were bringing uh, uh, demonic and and negative energy to the area with the ghost tour. Oh yeah, yeah. That that was a, that was a good no. laugh. That was a good laugh. I mean, bless their hearts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. That was, Dave. That was an interesting question, though, because um, my daughter always blabs about that her dad investigates or goes ghost hunting. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. So now, um, my daughter's dance school wants me mm-hmm. to go investigate to their school with like my yes. daughter's little dance team. <laughs> yeah. I've taken a Girl Scout troop before. <laughs> I'm telling you, they get really excited once you tell them you do this. Yep. Emily has joined us. Hi. Yes. Hello. <laughs> Hi, Emily. How are you? 
I'm well, thank you. How are you? I, I I'm doing good. Everybody had their hair down, so I put my hair down as well for tonight. <laughs> but you, you know, we we continue we continue on though. A funny story about that uh, is. I actually, for our ghost tour, uh, had a group of women in for, they, they had a once a month women's party get together on the weekend. And mm-hmm. in one of the buildings that, that I had, it was me on a private tour. I'm the, I'm the lead taking them through all our historic buildings around here. And we get to this one building called the post house. And there's this one ghost at the bottom of the stairs. Merle knows who it is. We call him the blue man. And this, this ghost is an absolute pervert. Just, just, just a, a pervert. And so, so the, we're not getting any action on any of the, of the, of the machinery that we have there. And I had mentioned, I said, I'm surprised that he's not reacting because, you know, he, he actually loves women and here we got 15 beautiful women in here and he's not reacting. So they all of a sudden started getting real raunchy. Okay. Like, oh. like, like, I mean, good for them. I mean, good for them. Where, where uh, I, I need to go. Uh, I, I was, you know, I mean, I, I'm a good Christian boy. I was almost out the door with some of these profound <laughs> sayings that they were using. But I, but I could tell you this: all of a sudden, that room went nuts. Like there were four oh, yeah. of the ladies sitting on a couch. They could feel him like rubbing their legs and rubbing their shoulders oh. and. And they're and they they were all like, oh yeah, come on over here, buddy. You know, oh. let's have let's have a three. We'll we'll have a threesome right in front of everybody. Oh my God. Like just just everything like this, right? And they were going these ghosts. This ghost, the blue man, was going absolutely haywire. We ended up spending like an hour and a half in this one room, oh. one room, because oh he wouldn't leave them alone. It was so. <laughs> it it was odd. It was odd. But, <laughs> That takes antagonizing to a whole new level. (laughs) Liz is our antagonist. She likes to kind of like call him out, but not quite like that. (laughs) I haven't got there. I mean... Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> well, a different situation though. You when He's you got, when you ladies go to investigate, you know, I always like to ask this, and I know Merle's going to give me the eye roll here. Okay, but what is your purpose of doing it? Because for I think one of the biggest problems we have in in the paranormal world is a lot of people do it for fun. A lot of people do it because they're weekend warriors. A lot of people are trying to solve mysteries. Where do you four stand on this? I think right in the middle. Maybe. Yeah. We're really curious. That's probably first and foremost. Like we pick places based on the level of activity, the reported activity, the history of the house, the history of whatever the building is. And then we're very respectful. That's that's out of that. I mean, we we were, we'll never go in guns blazing. We're going to do this. You know, you guys have to respond to us. Like we're, we always kind of, ask if we can be there. We are very um, receptive to different energies in each room. And I think we're just, we have, we have a lot of questions and we mm-hmm. don't necessarily have all the answers, but we have things that we can't explain, like I said, and we have a lot of fun doing it. I mean, laughter through fear is actually an amazing emotion because when you're that scared to be able to break it up in a moment of levity is the way we keep going because otherwise it's terrifying. I mean, that adrenaline rush is just incredible. It's like a Kelly always says it's like a roller coaster. 
But when you like in that room, you know, once the women are there and they're getting touched, that energy in that room, that's like very palpable. And you need those moments to kind of like take a break in order to keep doing it because, um, you know, it takes a lot out of you. And and I think once you've had like a good piece of evidence, you're Um, always going to just want to do it again. mm -hmm. Like it's such an amazing experience. The rush of having that, that just kind of like evidence is it's such a cool thing. And then you're, you're just hooked after that. And you get braver and then you want more. Kind of like drugs. Our bar is really high. It is a high. It is a high. Yeah. yeah. I get the high going into yeah. into the forest looking for Sasquatch. Like I cannot yeah, wait yeah. to get into the forest on the weekend to see if my gifting site has been touched. You know? Oh, wow. um, oh, yeah. we just found an, air, just- an area with a bunch of footprints in it. And I went back there the next day and the mirror that I set up was in the, uh, on the ground, but it was like, it was like shoved underground. The handle was Uh, underneath some grass. And I don't know, I I didn't have a trail cam up there. So we have a trail cam up there right now investigating it. So, you know, but the idea is we got about three and a half minutes before we got to go to break at the bottom of the hour. It's Ghosts of the Great White North with our main man, Merle, and the Ghost Bombs tonight, Kelly, Julie, Liz, and Emily. For you ladies, when you pick a location, do you do it? Do, do you just search a map or, or do you search an area or a town and say, look, there's some there's some cool stuff happening here. Let's go check it out. Is that kind of how you're doing it? Just on, on spontaneity? Yeah, this is Kelly. This is a question. <laughs> well, the investigations kind of usually start with me. I like to listen to podcasts on, you know, like Haunted Places was one I used to really like, and also Crime Junkies and places like that. And so we will go out and find... Uh, or I'll- Going on vacation is the best, but planning a vacation? That you can certainly do without. So book a trip with Apple Vacations to Breathless Resorts and Spas. Whether you're looking for an all-inclusive couples retreat to the Caribbean or a family vacation, you can count on us to find a trip you and your family will love. Apple Vacations has over 50 years of providing stress-free vacations so you can relax and make memories. Visit applevacations.com to plan your perfect vacation today. That's applevacations.com. Ask Gregory is a financial podcast from the guys who bring you Winning at Life with Gregory Riggs. Something that's come up is, if you're not at your old job, maybe your 401k shouldn't be either. But do you really know why we say that? Ask Gregory is our new podcast with financial topics broken down into specific little chunks. So if you have a financial situation or you just want to learn more about money, Ask Gregory. Find the Ask Gregory podcast on the Winning at Life app or wherever you get podcasts. Investment advisory services offered through AE Wealth Management, LLC. The firm is not affiliated with the U.S. government or any government agency. I'll listen to a podcast about a place and then I'll do some research on it on the internet. And, you know, we get really excited. I love all the the little hunts we do, but when we get to go to the Conjuring House or we get to go to Waverly Hills Sanatorium with these huge known places uh, with a lot of activity. I mean, there's there's a lot of of digging and uh, investigation, pre-investigation there, but it is, it's, it's so fun and it's such a adrenaline rush even just learning about that. But that's how we pick a place. We'll find a place and then Liz finds us a dinner place and uh, Julie brings all her equipment. She's our mom and she takes care of us. <laughs> and Emily's our scaredy cat, which we love. We need it for sure. Yeah. Emily? Some of our places though have been, 
fun because we've been approached by people. So, for example, um, we were at a party that was like an auction party for our kids' school. And this man came up and said, hey, you guys paranormal investigate, right? And um, (laughs) he wanted us to come and investigate his bar. And then we had some great things happen at that bar. So those are always really fun, too, because they're not known by... um, Everyone out there. Yeah. Yeah. And so those have been kind of fun to investigate too. Do you find a lot of those uh, locations, Emily, like with the bar, they want that confirmation because it just adds to the legend to help bring people in when your 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 servers or your waiters or your bartenders could sit there and say, yeah, this place is haunted. We've had glasses, you know, come off the shelf or we've had, you know, don't sit in that stool over there. That belongs to Big Black Jack over there or whatever, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Do you get I think that, uh, sure. I do think there's some of that, and then I just think people. The more you tell them what you do, <laughs> you. I'm so surprised at how many people say, "Oh, I've had this experience," or mm-hmm. "Oh, I own a haunted bar. My church is haunted." Or you know, you'd be surprised at how many people have had some sort of experience and are really excited to talk about it and fascinated as well. Mm-hmm. It's very much that way. Very much that way. We got about 30 seconds to go here before we're going to go to break here at the bottom of the hour. So I'm going to take it this way. When we come back from the break, I want to hear some of your great stories of hauntings and adventures that you had. I know our audience would love to hear some of your stories and evidence you've collected over the years and and how you know you go about conducting your investigations we love good ghost stories around here and we love it when it all comes down to our main man merle from the paranormal road trippers out of vancouver british columbia and tonight's special guest out of the beautiful state of missouri we have the ghost bombs kelly julie liz and emily we all got our hair down tonight we're free flowing on the ghost talk right here on Spaced Out Radio. So stay tuned. The second half hour of the show starts right after this break on the Mighty SOR. Strong first half hour, ladies. Strong first half hour. Oh, that was very fun. Yes. I said more than 20 words, Dave. Are you proud of me? You know what? You know, this is this is two months in a row now that we've done this shift where you uh, where you've hit uh hit your word count early. I'm done. I'm just listening now. Yeah. Very you true. You can tell us one of your scary adventures too. We'd love to hear. I know. But All I right. think next next uh segment we're going to jump right into the conjuring house. Oh, we could talk about that for the rest yep. of the show. Yeah. Sounds good. Andrew, <laughs> yeah. ghost adventures, connections. We got lots to talk yeah. about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, have I you got... ever seen Sasquatch? Me? Yes. Yeah. Actually, My uh, says he has to. I'll tell you. I'll tell you this story. It involved Merle. Our audience has heard this many a time, but in 2018. Uh, Merle came up here, and, and about 25 miles from my house, uh, Canada's largest unsolved mass murder happened, uh, okay. wh- where 52 people died uh, when a bomb went off on a plane in 1965. Oh, wow. And it's still an open case today. Uh, they know they know the suspect is dead, 
they know they have four suspects and they were all on the plane. They just don't know which one. And they, so it's still an open case uh, that'll yeah. probably remain unsolved. But nonetheless, Merle wanted to go out there and, and go investigate this area. And at that time, I don't think it had ever been investigated. And oh, wow. Not that we know of. And so when, when you go, like, this is right in the middle of the forest, ladies. Like, up here, like, my town is 2,000 people. You you go three miles into the forest, you don't see anything, you don't hear anything. If you see another car or truck during the day, uh, it's it's a miracle. And so, like I said, we travel out the 20, 25 miles. We bring our buddy Mark out as our armed guard because there's a lot of animals out there that want to kill you. Uh, yeah. You know <laughs> that, and I'm not even joking when I when no. I say that. And so. Mike does his investigation for about an hour, hour and a half. And then he decides, he asked me if there was any other wreckage around. And I'm like, oh, I don't know. He's like, well, let's check some of these trails. So he leads away down, down this uh, deer trail. And we walk through these trees. It opens up to this meadow. And Merle and I go across the meadow to this giant boulder. And Mark stays behind because he has a good line of sight with, with his rifle in case any predatory animals come. And so we're standing there kind of looking around and all of a sudden we hear coming from, from right in front of us. Probably with your own ears. Yeah. So we're, we're still on paranormal mode. And I said to Mike, I said to Mike, I said, did you hear that? And he goes, hear what, Dave? Because when he's in investigative mode, he's like total mall cop, right? No, I'm, I'm, I'm kidding. We don't use I'm that kidding. phrase anymore, Dave. We don't use it. Yeah, I know. You don't look like a mall cop. I know. But anyways, uh, then it happens again. Right? So we're like, oh, well, whatever. So we go back to the crash site. Mark, our armed guard, goes into this cul-de-sac in the trees, a real small cul-de-sac that they made for the recovery vehicles because in 1965, there were not even roads into this area where that plane crashed. There's one way in and one way out. And so Mark heads down there. Mike goes to this piece of wreckage and starts reinvestigating. And then whatever it was that was talking to us snuck up behind Mark, Mike and about 20 less than 20 feet behind Mike starts like stomping his feet and shaking branches and grunting and groaning and and everything so he gets freaked out I'm in between them he gets freaked yeah. out and I yell over at Mark I said get up here Mike's got something up here and, right. and Mark's got his back to us and Mike's coming behind me and Mark puts his hand up like this and takes his backpack off and raises his rifle right it right straight ahead of him because Mark's the type of dude he's been in the forest for like 35 years. Uh he's right. been a hunting guide, a trapper, a tracker of a lot of animals that could kill you. And to this day he will say he doesn't know what that was coming at him, but he knows it was on two feet. And so we had the, the creature behind Merle. We had the one at Mark and the exit is in between. They forced us out. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Goodness. We got 20 seconds. Sorry. And I witnessed that. Like I was like, that, yeah. that stuff's not real, but 
it happened. Yeah. We got 10 seconds. Want to remind our audience the Super Chat is open. It's a great way to support us. And thank you to all the veterans who are out there tuning us in. You always have a safe home. Here we go. Second half hour of Spaced Out Radio is now underway. Good to have you with us. My name is Dave Scott. Very much appreciate earning your listening ears. Wherever you are on this beautiful planet we call Earth, want to remind you that if you miss portions of this show or others, check out our free archives at youtube.com forward slash Spaced Out Radio. Do us the favor, hit that subscribe button, our website, is spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you, including rocking out to Bumblefoot, reading Shirky Poo's Newswire. Check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. We continue on with Ghosts of the Great White North tonight. Our buddy Merle from the Paranormal Road Trippers out of Vancouver, British Columbia is with us. And we have some special guests out of the state of Missouri. We have Kelly, Julie, Liz, and Emily. They call themselves the Ghost Moms. Yes, Starbucks by day, Ghost Hunters by night. And we're glad to have Mir And Merle, take it away. We're going to let you girls take it away with talking about The Conjuring House. I've been dying to hear your play-by-play of this investigation. Take have you there. investigated there? I have not. Um, not that's a little too far, but I have been looking into it for possibly 2023. Nice. Mm-hmm. Um, I can start, and then we can kind of just work our way around. Go ahead, Julie. I think top three of our top three investigations for sure. And it was just set. There was such a buildup because obviously we had to travel to it and, you know, our schedules are crazy with, we have 10 kids between us. So we typically do these ghost hunts on weeknights. And so this was our first takeoff on a Friday, come back, you know, on a Sunday, actually we came back on, no, we did come back on Sunday. Yeah. But we were like catching a a. 4am flight and we investigated that night so we wow. hit the ground running, basically. And we had packed sleeping bags because we couldn't bring our cots. We typically would you know, sleep on cots <laughs> when we need to. But we brought our sleeping bags and we didn't know what to expect. We knew the history of the house. We had read everything. I've interviewed Andrea Perrin before. So we definitely had an idea of what we might encounter, but I don't think we were prepared for actually being in the house, feeling that energy. Mm-hmm. Um, I was more impressed with the the current owners because they're I mean, they've been paranormal they've been investigating uh, in the paranormal world for ten years I think possibly more but they're realist I mean he was he has done his homework and you know he will tell you what he thinks is real and what he thinks is more emphasized by all the the movies and obviously the lore that's around the house a lot of that actually isn't even true. And so once you really kind of break it down and you get to the facts, we had more activity occur from things that we weren't really even, we didn't know um, were around the house. We didn't realize that there was a giant that lived in the city that had, and we think we caught him on SLS camera. Um, You know, it was just, it was really interesting to want to get in there and really decipher fact from fiction in terms of what we had 
what you see in the movie and what you think. And then once you're there, what's actually in the house. Hmm. Cause Bathsheba, she's not even, she's buried somewhere else. Close. Oh, yes. but, yeah. Well, yeah. She buried at a graveyard and she didn't, she never, I mean, the whole witch, I mean, and, and it, a lot of it. Yeah. It, it depends on who you ask because some people are very, they feel very strongly about what they believe. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it was just more interesting. Like they said, we've never felt anything negative here. I mean, they felt mm-hmm. a lot of energy and obviously they've seen apparitions and things have moved and there's a lot of activity in the house, but it's not negative. It's not this cursed house. The parents had their experience, which was totally separate from the house itself. And the house has been around since the 18th, like, yeah, 18, late 1800s. Mm-hmm. Is that right? 1826 and, or something like yeah, that. And, and so you can only imagine how many generations of families have lived here, died here. I mean, there's a lot of spirits there. It's not just like one that's cursed and haunting or a witch. Although our kids were really scared about that <laughs> because of the movie. They were concerned that we were going to be possessed by a witch and come <laughs> and try to kill them. <laughs> Would make for a good prank. We had to assure them that would not happen. My daughter's really into like spells and, um, you know, incantations and protections. And she made us some protection amulets to take with us just to be safe. (laughs) What sort of things did you have happen there when you were, you were there for one night, yeah? Mm -hmm. It was one night. Um, We, I mean, we kind of right from the get, like we got there and we got a tour and then we kind of, you know, walked around the exterior of the property some. And then we started in the library, which we believe, which was the parents' bedroom. Right. With the parent family. And like right away, we had like motion detectors set up that started going off. And then this I thought was interesting on our SLS, SLS camera. It was like mapping something on the bookshelf where a REM pod was going off and then a book just went boop, right off the shelf. So yeah. that, that's easy. That's easy. Um, and the SLS looked like it was climbing the bookshelf, like right yeah. all over where we yeah. were. Yeah. And in the basement, there's actually, the, the house used to be a daycare, believe it or not, that's, back that's, in the day. I don't know what parent would want to take their kid there, but they did apparently. And in the basement, they had this little area where the kids would draw on the walls and they drew... If you ever watched Hill, The Haunting of Hill House, they drew what looked like a bent neck lady, you know, like a stick figure, but then the head's to the side. <laughs> the crooked and, man. Like, oh, yeah. Yes. yes. And the owner, again, told oh, us that there was actually a giant that lived in the city or in the town. And so when he came into the house, he would have to duck, like, you know, to get through the doorways or even to stand. He was too tall mm-hmm. for the ceiling, so he'd have to stand with his head ducked. And we yeah. caught this, on the SLS, we caught this really tall figure on a blank wall in the library and head was completely at a 90 degree angle, just like and, that. So we think the, it was the giant. We don't think it was. children in the daycare were always like drawing big figures of a bent neck. Yes. So, so in, when you're in the basement, which this part is just crazy, especially as a parent, the house is, is very rustic. Like yeah. it is for, for only being like what, 30, 40 years since the parent family was there. I was picturing a house from like the six, you know, like at least have sixties modern, but it was, it was way more rustic than that. And so yeah. the, this basement, you would never think that you put your child in somebody's no. daycare in that basement. Go to the dungeon. Yeah. yeah. 
<laughs> There's a well down there. <laughs> yeah, and you can see the kids' drawings down there of the bent neck. And let's talk figure. about the snakes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Emily was more scared of the snakes than the yeah, ghosts. Really yeah, snake, like snakes are involved. You just got to burn down the house. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. There, there is no need for snakes to be around. Hanging yeah. off the stone wall. <laughs> like they shed their skin. And I... Ew. Kelly saw one too. Like, and then one was like crawling into the crawl space between the basement and the first floor. But, <laughs> oh, but in the basement, it is crazy active down there. Mm-hmm. We, yeah. Two motion detectors going off at the same time. Two different corners. In two different corners. Mm-hmm. And then there's this really old, very, very heavy table that we were standing close to. And I heard it move. Well, we asked, could you please move something? Because we're trying to interact with whatever was setting off the motion detector. Right. And then, like, because we went back and listened. And so 45 seconds later, you hear this heavy piece of furniture move. And Liz goes, did someone just hit my leg? And it was the table. Yeah, just right in the back of my leg. Like, shoved into her. Lightly pushed oh. into her. Not, mm-hmm. not, like, knocked her over or anything like that. But none of us touched it we were close we weren't to it. near it and, and i was so the furthest was person strange. i was the furthest person back so there was no one behind me but the table but i wasn't standing against the table and all of a sudden i felt it shove into my leg so that was really strange and awesome <laughs> yes yeah <laughs> and terrifying because the lights are off you know that you see these night vision videos and it you know it's it's fine because you can see everything and it looks great but when it's pitch black or you can't see your hand in front of your face it is nothing short of terrifying yeah you must think about the hollywood movie a few times when you're yes well liz and emily slept because we just slept in our sleeping bags on top of the bed and liz and emily slept in the room where was it andrea was like pulled out of the bed Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. They slept in that bed, so believe me, that was going through their mind. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't take my boots off because I was like, "Well, my ankles are going to get grabbed. At least what is my boots?" <laughs> at least you have some tread if you need to run away. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, the, the clapping game in the film, or the clapping where he's trying to find whomever, and he finds, you know. Anyway, we were communicating with the motion detector and trying to like see if we could get answers or use it to communicate and we it, it had just gone silent for a good five ten minutes and then Liz decided to <laughs> play the clapping game and the second she did it just totally came to life like something came right back in the room <laughs> oh my god and that's the moment you jump you can't even if you were expecting it and you know it's coming you still jump oh yeah you're always on guard doing always. especially yeah. yeah yeah it's a cool place it is a really light, light flashes that were, there weren't windows, so there was no source. external source that we could find for these light flashes. That was very, very bizarre. And there were shadows on the ceiling, so this that room that they slept in. Again, all the windows are blacked out. You know, they have blackout shades everywhere. There's no light getting in, and all the lights were off. We didn't have any equipment on that, brought, you know, had any sort of light source. And there were shadows on the ceiling, and they weren't our eyes playing tricks on us because we were all seeing the exact same shapes, and they were closing in on the ceiling up in front of us. Because hmm. at this point, we're all on the bed together because we're so sick. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> 
<laughs> but it, it made a great vantage point for looking at the ceiling because they did say a lot right. of people go into this bedroom and they have a loss of time. And yeah. what they think is five minutes turns out to be three hours. So yeah. we wanted to get in there and just kind of see what could possibly happen. And the shadows were enough. Once the shadows, once we saw the shadows and realized they were kind of converging, converging in the middle, and then a motion detector went off in the doorway, and then a light flashed in the other room. And at that point, we were like, okay, we need a break because it's a yeah, lot. Yeah. It's a yeah, lot. It takes your energy. And you really have to like have a, like a, you really know you're a close knit team when all four of you are willing to like climb into a full size. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we're not opposed to spooning each other when we need to. Yeah. There, yeah. yeah. There's something there though. I mean, it is the energy there is unbelievable. And mm-hmm. they're investigating because they think there's a, a buried bodies from the war there. Remember they were talking about that. And mm-hmm. you know, there's just, there's, so many things that have happened in that area that mm-hmm. it's ask Gregory is a financial podcast from the guys who bring you winning at life with Gregory Ricks. Learn the ins and outs, do's, don'ts, rules, and tools of the financial world. So if you have a financial situation or you just want to learn more about money, ask Gregory, find the ask Gregory podcast on the winning at life app or wherever you get your podcast investment advisory services offered through AE wealth management, LLC. The firm is not affiliated with the U S government or any government agency. Ask Gregory is a financial podcast from the guys who bring you winning at life with Gregory Ricks. Something that's come up on the show over the last 10 years is that if you're not at your old job, maybe your 401k shouldn't be either. But do you really know why we say that? It's a funny thing. We put a few hundred bucks in our 401k every month. It ends up to be thousands of dollars every year, hundreds of thousands of dollars over our career. And you don't really know that much about it. How do you invest it? How do you diversify? What do you buy? What do you avoid? You've got a financial situation and you're not quite sure what to do. Ask Gregory. Ask Gregory is our new podcast with these financial topics broken down into specific little chunks. So if you have a financial situation or you just want to learn more about money, ask Gregory. Find the Ask Gregory podcast on the Winning It Life app or wherever you get podcasts. Investment advisory services offered through AE Wealth Management, LLC. The firm is not affiliated with the U.S. government or any government agency. Agency. It's 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 kind of interesting because like the light flashes and the weird shadows and the paranormal and the cemetery. I mean, it's, it's one giant very form of activity. Yeah. yeah, it was a lot to take in. I highly recommend it. You, it's worth the oh, trip. Yeah, uh-huh. it's bucket list. Definitely. So you guys you guys would go back if given the opportunity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I have a rule. So we have this humongous master list of places that we want to investigate every, I mean, you know, obviously on social media, so many teams out there and all the places they're investigating. And if we haven't gone there or if it's anywhere we could get to mildly easily, I write it down. So we have a list of several hundred places. And I do think we need to exhaust all of our options before we start repeating because again, it's really hard to coordinate our schedules and, you know, to get this twice a month is Mm -hmm. that's gravy. If we get more than that, then it's just amazing. But we really have to kind of make a plan and a concerted effort to get all of our households situated so that we can take off because we don't, we'll, we'll drive through, we'll get up at six in the morning and drive back to get back in time to, for carpool or after two hours of sleep. You know, mm-hmm. it's worth it though, because again, this is just something that it's not, 
it's not only that we love each other and we want to be together and, and have a, a night out. It's that we're kind of part of something bigger than us, you know, by doing this. Mm-hmm. And we like the idea of um, really trying to figure out what's out there because the more we investigate, the more questions we have. I got a question okay. for you, uh, considering that, uh, you know, every now and again, I like to slip one in uh, a question that is for you, you, you ladies have investigated a lot of the, the bigger named areas. Like you said, the conjuring house, Waverly Hills, which made me eye roll because everybody has to have that on their list. But what do you, what do you prefer? Do you prefer going to these, paranormal hot spots that everybody in their dog and cat has investigated or do you like to find that more unknown intimate haunting that nobody has ever investigated that somebody calls you in and says hey i got some weird stuff happening here and yeah. i and i would love for you ladies to come in and check it all out what's more fun for you yeah that's a good question um I I would say for myself a mix. I mean, it is nice if somebody we have been invited in people's homes before and we have investigated there, but it's it's a very like it's very personal to that person and it's their mm-hmm. space and it's their family space. And so it's just a, it's a different vibe than when you go into places that are bigger and they're known for their investigations. Uh, it, it's it's kind of nice to have the comparison of the two to get mm-hmm. like the evidence in one place and then the evidence in a bigger place too. But um, mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I, I it would be hard to for me to only do ones that are in people's homes. I, I like I like it sprinkled in, but I wouldn't want to always just be in somebody else's space. Well, we went into this house that's really close to all of us, uh, mm-hmm. like close in proximity, and um. It uh, it was a civil war house. It was uh, they had indigenous people that they were trying to turn into Mormons, right? Wasn't that what they were doing? Yeah, I mean yeah. There, there there was all this crazy history there. And we had a ton of equipment going off, but the owners were right there with us, which was great. But I think if we had just been alone in that house, we really would have dug in a little more. We didn't want to maybe scare them or you know really. Yeah, it changed. So we didn't really. Mm-hmm. push the communication as much as if we were by ourselves you know so uh, in some ways i'd like to do that that personal ones or the unknown but it's better when you're yeah yeah a lot of responsibility to do the like the private mm-hmm. ones yeah, yeah. I, I, i'm not saying I like doing, I, go ahead sorry merle i was just gonna say i like doing the private ones because it's a super controlled environment mm-hmm. but Again, a lot of responsibility, but you're, you're, we're also there to help the people too. Yeah, yeah. Um, I but, guess where yeah. I was going with this wasn't so much on a on a on a personal level going into someone's house. I love the stories of going into a a small town, a rural town that's say eighty mm-hmm. ninety miles away, because all of these little towns have their own legends that yeah. never get investigated, but everybody in that town believes the legends. And there are so many great stories out there that nobody has ever told pub- publicly. That's, that's kind of what I'm getting at. Like, if you gave me a choice of Waverly Hills or some little hick town in, in you know, whether it's in Canada or the United States, but has this this legend of a monster that crawls through the tunnels of town, 
I want that monster with the tunnels of town. You know, I don't, I don't care about Waverly Hills because it's just, it's just a destination area. And I'm just, look, I'm, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it. Okay. Or anything like that. But I think that the paranormal, I think we limit ourselves at times to these popular locations. Well, the majority of our investigations have been at the smaller places. So, you know, we've only, we've thrown in a couple of big, well-known haunted, you know, properties. Uh, But typically, and now it's funny that there's so many paranormal shows, the places that we found are being found by the shows. (laughs) Um, So, you know, but our, like Malvern Malvern Manor in Iowa is one of our absolute favorites. And it's, it's in this tiny little town. I, Liz, I don't know how many, it's not many people. It's not many, but it has like, does it have a stoplight? I'm not sure, but we were at the house and I watched a tractor drive down the street. It's an abandoned nursing home and it, it, it's got so much history so, to it. And just, mm-hmm. you know, the people locally, like Kansas and Iowa teams have gone, but it's not so developed, I guess. I, I don't want to call any property developed in terms of, but it is, it does become a business for some of these properties for sure. You know, they charge a lot of money and it, it helps them keep with the upkeep of the property. I get that, but I would, I always prefer, like we had a friend who thinks his fishing shack is haunted and it is this old, you know, 1900 cabin that they use as a fishing shack and it's just out in this little town in Kansas and we're going to go out in a couple of weeks hopefully and just not necessarily spend the night because I don't like spiders either but at least check it out till because we'll investigate till two or three in the morning um we always find activity typically picks up and Mike you might agree 11 12 ish and then by one o'clock if if nothing has happened all night long it's probably not going to like we kind of get a now we can kind of figure out the timeline of the night ahead of us or, you know, decide whether to I fully agree. Yeah. 10 to 1 for, for me. I think that's mm-hmm. the best. Yeah. Zero one is typically the witching hours. See, and, and, I, got and I love going out in the forest at dark. Oh, see. Yeah. There is <laughs> well, nothing scarier than going out into the forest in dark. Sure. I don't know if I, I yeah, we that's have, a whole new level. I'll, I'll, t- okay, I'll tell you a quick cool. freaky story because we, we only got like three minutes before we got to go to break. Real cool story. Okay. So my buddy Paul, a.k.a. the Lip Blade in the chat room, you know, he when we go on an investigation, he always waxes his mustache. It looks fantastic. <laughs> and I have my son, who's eight, in the back of my Jeep. And so him and I, or us three, we go, and usually about 30, 40 minutes in, my son's already passed out, you know, like some good he is on the, on the investigation side, right? So this area, and Merle knows it well, is very, very haunted. This area is very haunted with a lot of First Nations, a lot of uh, the Gold Rush Trail uh, that started in California going up to Alaska. There's a lot of ghosts around here. So... We hit come off this one one road, and we decide to take this other logging road. And it's still early; it's about nine forty-five. Sun is snoring in the back, and we start heading up this road. And all of a sudden, Paul starts getting freaked out. He's like, "We can't go any further." He goes, "I feel something coming on me." Okay, I'm breathing into it. It feels like the spirit of my dad. And I said, oh, "Okay, so what oh, wow. what's coming on?" And he says, "My dad says." We don't want to go any further. There's something up there we don't want to see. 
And, nice. and I'm like, okay, well, let's let's breathe into this. What do you think it is? All you would say is it's bad. So wow. I, I, I tend to lean with the spiritual side that if there is spirit saying that there's danger, let's not go there. Okay. Right. A lot of people will run into that, but no. when you're dealing with something like if it's a ghost hell, I'll go. But when you're dealing with something that could be a lot more drastic, like a like a Sasquatch or a Dogman or something along those lines, I'm getting the hell out. And I don't blame you. So we come off. So we turn our vehicle around, get to the back to the main logging road, and out of the blue, my son sits up and he says, "Daddy, it's time to go home because it's not safe for us here." And then he Ooh, fell right wow. back. Then he falls right back asleep. Oh, oh my God. Yeah. Oh, so he yeah. had an angel talking to him. So he's out. <laughs> I, took, I took that as a sign. And mm-hmm. as we're pulling out, uh, so we hit the road. Okay, let's go. We're, we're, we're in a safe zone now. And as we're leaving that area, here comes on on uh, my stereo Godsmack's voodoo song, right? So, like, everything was just kind of lining up on the freaky scale. Right. And, yeah. And it was just, you know, but there are times you, you have to pay attention to the signs. Yeah. If you don't. I'm glad you did. Yeah. Well, 15 seconds left. We're going to go to break here at the top of the hour. We are having an amazing show tonight with our man Merle. Yes, he only drinks Merlot when he's on investigation. It's true. It's true. Only drinks Merlot from the paranormal road trippers out of Vancouver, British Columbia, and from the beautiful state of Missouri. We have the Ghost Moms, Liz, Emily, Julie, and Kelly. When we return, most more ghost stories with the Ghost Moms. We'll take questions from our audience in our chat room on YouTube when we come back on Spaced Out Radio for hour number two next. All right, we're clear. We got six minutes. Six minutes. Actually, Dave, I've taken from the private stock. This is an American cola that we do not give up in Canada. Mm -hmm. It is, what is it? It's a... Coke Zero, but with cherry and vanilla notes. <laughs> I'll be right back. I gotta call. I gotta go call John, my UFO guy. I'll be right back. Mike, so what is the what's an outside? I've always wanted to do an outside investigation, but I've always been worried it won't like it, with containment or how do you, how do you tell us about your out when you do an outside investigation? Um, most of mine are indoors, but okay. actually, coincidentally, the last outdoor investigation we did, so it was in a town called Barkerville, which is an old, take the town like Deadwood or Tombstone, uh-huh. up in the Canadian Rockies, and um, it was a gold rush town, and one of the stories was one of the Chinese merchants there, he got stabbed in the neck outside, okay. outside, um, of his shop, and, um, we were with the curator of the site and he's like, it happened because we had an old map. Like we could see where the old stores were in the 1800s. Right. So we put our um, REM pod down and we have one of those little uh, EMF lanterns. Uh-huh. And um, we just, it wasn't windy. It was just cold as hell. 
Right. Um, if it wasn't windy, I would have canceled doing anything like that. Yeah. Right. Um, my, my rule of thumb is if my audio recorder is going to be all whooshy sounding, then yeah. nope, too much. Right. And um, no, we had perfect weather and we just did a straight EVP session and minus 15. I don't know what that is in American because we're Celsius up here. Oh, yeah. Um, and then it's cold. Yep. So, so we did that for about how many minutes, probably 15 minutes to half an hour. I'm just shaking like this while asking questions. Right. And, um, my Google, cause, um, I had my iPhone out with translator on and I was trying to do Mandarin cause that's what he spoke. Oh, yeah. And yeah, but my, my battery was just absolutely taking a crap kicking with the weather. Yeah. And, um, yeah, if it's controlled and not windy, it's it's pretty easy okay. to do. Did you get any EVPs? I have not gone through the rest of it yet. <laughs> That's the hardest part is finding time to go through all the audio. Yep. We probably have how many hours, Emily, that we haven't listened to? Oh, God. No. <laughs> We will. We need to go through. No, we need to be better about. I will plug my headphones into my iPhone, put put them on when I need to like work around the house, and I'll just listen as I go at least, and turn the volume up, and just try to get through some of it that way. Because once you know what to listen for, it's pretty easy. Like you can fly through it. You just have to hear it. You can't just fast forward. My friend who lives in the province next door to British Columbia, Alberta, he lives in a town Mm -hmm. called Edmonton. Mm-hmm. And um, I send him all of my audio, all of it. He listens for you. He does. He listens to it because my my idea with that, and his idea with that is he's not on the investigation, so he's a third party. He's non partial. Oh. I'll yeah. be like, okay, I was there. Dave was there, and Julie was there. If mm-hmm. there's any other voices, can you please tag that for me? Right. Nice. Okay, that's and, good. That's yeah, really then, nice that he does that. He probably yeah. knows it too. He loves it. Think Emily He's been helping me. We've been investigating together. Mm -hmm. Obviously, we live very far apart. Um, Oh, God, over 10 years now? Easy. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the trick with the EVPs is all the noises. Yes. (laughs) That you make. Like, Emily always makes these noises that sound like ghosts. (laughs) (laughs) And then Kelly's stomach always, always rumbles. Always sounds like the demon, right? If they play, is it a ghost or Emily, or is it a demon or Kelly? Yeah, Yeah. or Kelly's stomach. Hey, hey, Merle, I got, I got something for you and the ladies. We have Mm -hmm. a new, uh, we have one of our fans has our new security dog for the show, named Lola. Mm -hmm. And this is Joe, uh, who's a longtime listener, and this is Lola. Oh, that, that, like that's the official security guard of Spaced Out Radio. Yeah. Oh, she's so oh, cute. Goodness. She's so cute. Oh, there we, we go. We have a lot of dogs between us. We have what? Oh, One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Almost as much. We have as many dogs as we do kids almost. Yeah. Nice. Aww. That's fun. No, um, I asked you about that, though, because um, there's this place called Seven Sisters Road in Nebraska. And oh, I've heard of that. And killed all his sisters. And I really, and drug them up the hill. And I really want to go to it, but I'm always worried that it's going to be 
without containment, it's like, how do you really know where to do it or what's going on? And are you yeah. going to be out there an hour if it's super hot or the weather's not right? Or I don't know. How, how, how I tend to do too, because we did another outdoor investigation at a place in a city called Abbotsford. On, it's a haunted road called Keeping Road. Uh-huh. There are tons of, you see a lady in white, you see a ghost dog chase you, you see a man hanging if you flash your lights. Oh, wow. It has so many urban legends. I grew up there. Yeah. And um, we've been uh, we've been doing experiments there at nighttime. Yeah. And what I find works to make yourself aware of contamination is if you always have a static camera uh-huh. on your entire area. Okay. And mm-hmm. hold on to your audio recorder. Like, don't put it down or anything. Okay. And just call out every little thing you hear. If it's okay. the branch, the wind. Because when you're reviewing your yeah. stuff. Five, you five seconds, guys. Five seconds. Here we go. Okay, that's good advice. Forbidden history, grisly ghosts, monstrous cryptids, and harrowing folklore dominate Japan's history and culture. Mysterious Japan is a bi-weekly podcast presenting these spine-chilling horror stories, urban legends, and unbelievable histories in a campfire story format. Many of these tales have never been presented in English before. Our journey takes place where dark history and supernatural folklore collide. Mysterious Japan is produced, written, and translated by recognized Japan expert Dr. Heath Havey. Season 1 relates the unbelievable legends and ghost stories from the so-called suicide forest. Listen to Mysterious Japan for free on Spotify, iHeartRadio, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Learn more at our website at themysteriousjapan.com and be transported by unbelievable stories where the lines between reality and folklore become blurred in the shadowlands of Japan. Once again, that's themysteriousjapan.com. You're listening to Spaced Out Radio with Dave Scott. Follow Dave on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio and on Facebook Spaced Out Radio Show. Hour number two of Spaced Out Radio is now underway. Thank you so much for joining us. We very much appreciate earning your listening ears wherever you are on this beautiful planet we call Earth. Hello to everyone listening in on our terrestrial affiliates around North America and digitally on Odyssey Radio, KPNL, and talk stream live. All of our archives are free. Join us at youtube.com forward slash spaced out radio. Do old Davey the favor, hit that subscribe button. The Desert Clam has set the password for tonight in the SOR Space Travelers Club. Durang. Durang is your password. Use it wisely, space travelers, as the clam has sets a password each and every night right here on Spaced Out Radio. Our website is spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read Shirky Poo's Newswire, check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. We continue on tonight with Ghosts of the Great White North. We got Merle here. Yeah, Merle's hanging out with us from the Paranormal Road Trippers based out of Vancouver, British Columbia. And he is my co-host for this segment per month. Tonight, from Missouri, we have the Ghost Moms. We have Julie, Liz, Emily, and Kelly hanging on out with us, telling us all their awesome ghost stories. And by the way, ladies... In the morning, I will be on radio in St. Louis talking about oh, really? nice. talking right. about cool. UFOs. I will be. Amazing. I will. I'm looking yeah. forward to that. I think about 
10.25 my time, so 1.25 your time. I will be on okay. the radio there uh, on – I'm trying to figure out the, the radio station here. KFTK, 97.1 FM. I will be doing right. a breakdown of UFOs. So, yes, 1.25 Eastern tomorrow. So that's 10.25 my time. There we go. There we go. We got a St. Louis connection there. We're going to be on the radio there. All right. Let's get to some ghost stories here because you ladies have had some intriguing encounters over the three years you've been investigating as a team. Do you have an encounter that just absolutely freaked you ladies out that you're like, you know what? I don't even know this is worth it or or something along those lines. Yes. Where you don't know if it's worth it. <laughs> well, it's always worth Emily, it. tell us the story. Don't let the other ones talk to you. <laughs> Emily's the scaredy cat. Don't forget. That's that's <laughs> perfect. This was earlier on when we were a little bit newer. I'm going to get we you to move a little bit closer to your microphone, if you don't mind. Manor. And uh, Edinburgh Manor's in Iowa. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, we were in the basement. And we were the only ones in the house and we just heard so many voices upstairs and it sounded like a, like a cocktail party upstairs Hmm. and you just couldn't deny it. And I had never heard anything so loud in an investigation with my own ears. And I, it really freaked me out. That was just a first time for hearing. And I don't think we've heard anything like it since. And, Going on vacation is the best, but planning a vacation? That you can certainly do without. So book a trip with Apple Vacations to Breathless Resorts and Spas. Whether you're looking for an all-inclusive couples retreat to the Caribbean or a family vacation, you can count on us to find a trip you and your family will love. Apple Vacations has over 50 years of providing stress-free vacations so you can relax and make memories. Visit applevacations.com to plan your perfect vacation today. That's applevacations.com. Ask Gregory is a financial podcast from the guys who bring you winning at life with Gregory Ricks. Something that's come up on the show over the last 10 years is that if you're not at your old job, maybe your 401k shouldn't be either. But do you really know why we say that? It's a funny thing. We put a few hundred bucks in our 401k every month. It ends up to be thousands of dollars every year, hundreds of thousands of dollars over our career. And you don't really know that much about it. How do you invest it? How do you diversify? What do you buy? What do you avoid? You've got a financial situation and you're not quite sure what to do. Ask Gregory. Ask Gregory is our new podcast with these financial topics broken down into specific little chunks. So if you have a financial situation or you just want to learn more about money, Ask Gregory. Find the Ask Gregory podcast on the Winning It Life app or wherever you get podcasts. Investment advisory services offered through AE Wealth Management, LLC. The firm is not affiliated with the U.S. government or any government agency. And it just, it, I think we even called it quits shortly after. Cause well, it was late, but too, it was just, we were so freaked out. It just was bizarre. It was full on conversations, yeah. male and female voices. We, they were muffled because they were above us, but we had locked, I mean, we were locked in and, and the owner of the building lives way off property. Like it's not like she was even in the vicinity wow. and we knew we were the only ones in there. It wasn't. So there was no other option up there. Yeah. Like literally a, a cocktail party. It, it, you know, it didn't sound scary. It was just, I had never experienced something with my own ears like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Two weeks ago, I had that exact same experience in a theater. Um, We heard, so one of the stories of the theater is you hear the actors and actresses getting ready in the back. Mm -hmm. And they were from the 1800s, early 1900s. And I know Jake's listening because he he donated to SOR for Dave. And um, he was with me. He was helping us film and investigating with us. And we couldn't stop hearing people talking, laughing, and having like it sounded like a party in the back of the green room. It's, it's wild. Wild. It's a trip, yeah. Yeah, that's so yeah. cool. It's very different from EVPs. I mean, EVPs mm. can get you, but that's obviously, even if you do a playback in the moment, it still is like after the fact. So mm. it is intriguing right. and it, you know, it, it, it can scare you, but it's not like that actual audible noise when you know no one else should be talking. Mm-hmm. What's your biggest, why are we doing this moment? Like actual, like a lot of people want to know the scary stories, like something where it's like a holy crap moment. Liz. Okay. So so I'll preface this by saying Liz has out of the gate said she wants her hair pulled. Like she wants it pulled twice. Once to like feel it. And the second time for affirmation. Right. And not. I don't want it out of my head. I just want it like a, you know, I'm here with you kind of affirmation. Yeah, but she finally got that, and it, and oh, yeah, it, it spooked her. And I didn't think it was going to spook her, and it did. It, did it, it really did. And I was, uh, it was in Villisca, Iowa, and um, we were upstairs in in a the children's room, and children had been murdered there. And I don't, I don't love that um, kind of history. But um, I was standing. I kind of made the. It's kind of become like a little joke about, am I going to get my hair pulled? And then we were I was standing with my back to a closet. And all of a sudden, I felt my hair, and it pushed the scarf, because it was winter, the scarf was up, and it pushed the scarf off my <laughs> shoulders. Wow. It freaked me out. I, it, I, I was distracted. I was, like, paying attention to something else when it happened. So, but it was, it was pretty awesome, too. <laughs> I think when we were in Beaumont, and this was one of our first investigations yeah. that really sealed the deal for us wanting to do this. But again, made us realize, okay, this is not, this isn't a joke. We were in this bedroom um, of a, this cowboy <laughs> and his, his room that he stayed in. And we had a flashlight. There was a mini fridge that was unplugged. So no motor. We had a flashlight and we're really, there's a lot of controversy around the use of flashlights, you know, to, to communicate the on and off and the touch. So we aren't really, we don't really use flashlights in that way. Just, because we can't tell for sure. And we're, we're always trying to debunk. I'm like the number one debunker. I'm going to say it's something else before I'll say it's a ghost. So mm-hmm. I will always look for the probable cause. But we had a flashlight that wasn't even like turned on. You know, it was off because we had just put it on the middle of the fridge while yeah. we were doing it. And we had, I think we had like the direct link on the bed and we were trying to communicate that way. And we had a motion detector in the other room. And I mean, just as fast as nothing was happening, all of a sudden the motion detector goes off. And we, of course, you know, jumped and we kind of stood up to peek around the corner. And as we did, and we we're a good four feet from the bed, the flashlight flies off the fridge and hits the floor and turns on. Wow. And at that point, we're all just like, holy crap. Because <laughs> you just, you are, you think it's going to happen. You hope it's going to happen. But once it happens, it's just jarring. And I mean, in such a good way, but 
that made us realize like, wow, this is something legit and we need to do this again. But at yeah. this moment, let's go back and all get in that king bed together because we were terrified. Yeah. And we yeah. did in the same bed that night. We had a yeah, whole safety in numbers we're all the same we want it to happen we pray for it to happen and then when it happens it's like why did that happen i know you're like you're scared and then it's kind of like one of those things where it's so scary and then once you've had time to like process it and the adrenaline's dropped down you have more to happen you're like oh yeah now now let's go back (laughs) and mike you know the bar gets higher that's the problem almost too is that once so once you have a level of activity and then maybe you introduce more equipment or, you know, try to heighten some sort of experience. Once it gets heightened, then the rest of it, which is still interesting, isn't quite what you want. Yeah. And then you you really like our holy grail is an apparition. Like we all just go into it trying to clear our minds, hope, look, you know, it's all peripheral almost, I think. Um, but we're just we, we try our best to be aware to that possibility to hopefully welcome it. Um, you know, but, but like at the, at Waverly, which yes, I agree with you is definitely it's, it's known for its activity and there is hundred percent something there, but I got really the, the floor, the fifth floor where the nurse hung herself, I got really nauseous and it was really sad. And Kelly can tell you the story of how we think the nurse showed herself to us, but I got physically sick and I, that never happens before. And I do think at times like that, the energy is just overwhelming and I don't know if something's projecting on you or wants you out, or it's just Mm -hmm. something in like in our world, we don't normally experience. So when it is projected on us, it causes a negative reaction, but I had to get out of that room. Um, Mm. Kelly can tell you how the nurse showed herself. No, well, you know, she, there are rumors that she killed herself on the fifth floor because some, you know, the urban legend is that she was pregnant, but, um, but the people that work there think she probably just had tuberculosis and was like, I just don't want to deal with this. But anyway, um, we had the SLS camera out and we just had it on like the exposed pipes where she supposedly had killed herself. And, Julie, did you say you can use my energy? Because I can't remember. I feel like yes, and (laughs) because again, you get caught up in it, and you just think because the motion detectors were going off, so we knew something was right there where she was, and. I was just, because we were trying to kind of relate to her, like, if she was pregnant, oh, we're so sorry if you felt like you couldn't continue on. You must have been so sad. Do you need to use my energy to help communicate or to help you communicate with us? And right where she was hung, Kelly was just, we were getting nothing on the SLS, like nothing. And then we're like, we're like, can we show your, will you show yourself to us? And all of a sudden it was just this blip of this person and I, I, not that everything has a crooked neck, but it w- looked very much like someone was hanging from that on the SLS camera. And then it went away as fast as it came. So it wasn't, because we are good about debunking, like, uh, I think SLSs pick up chairs and they pick up tables. And if you really want to, you can make people think that that's an um, entity or something like that. But this was there and gone within, you know, 10 seconds. Mm-hmm. And we could never forget that. Never pick it back up. Never didn't back. Anything else before that, or for the rest of the night, really? Did it? Yeah. It. yeah. The first full body apparition I ever saw in an investigation caught me off guard because I wasn't even thinking about it, right. and um, gave me quite the startle. 
we were on a paddle wheel boat, like an old 1800s oh, paddle wheel boat. Cool. And wow. um, the, the team I was with, they're like, hurry up, get up here. We need you to interview the, the people because I was supposed to be doing an interview, but I was, I'm tardy. I'm a tardy person. I don't care. I'm always late. That's how I roll. Um, so I'm, I'm scuttling up there, right? And um, all of a sudden, when I'm going by the captain's quarters, I see this tall man in an old 1800s captain's uniform step out, look at me, and then just vanish. Oh, that's, oh, that's amazing. It was... Yeah. That's I wish incredible. I had a body cam back on because it would have been on because I always have a body cam on. Yeah. And my, when I think about it, I can see it clear as day and it just creeps me out. Oh, yeah. Again. You were looking at it full on? Yeah. And I wasn't prepared for it. I thought it was somebody coming out. And then when my brain right. processed it, it was gone. But he had a face? Like he looked at you? Yep. And I saw his beard. Mm-hmm. And then um, when I looked, when I went downstairs and we were done doing the interview and then we were going to do our investigation. I saw like the old inaugural, I guess, not a team, but like the captain and all those people, and it was him, hundred percent. I would swear to it. Wild, yeah. You ever notice that activity happens when you kind of like shifted your brain a little bit? Like you're not. We find, as opposed to asking questions and trying to like you know definitively communicate, sometimes it's when we take a break and we're talking amongst ourselves. That's when the activity will pick up. Or something will happen in the hallway, and it's almost like kind of wants to, <laughs> to get us, like like this is why you're here. <laughs> I agree. But, um, Rule yeah. of thumb is whenever we get to a place, the audio recorder goes on always, mm-hmm. and um, we always get our EVPs like that. Or what we like to do is we like to really study the location and who lived there, what their interests wow. were, mm-hmm. and I I'll, like I'll just try to have a conversation of like, oh, it's said in this in book, John really liked corn. So I'll have a nice good old conversation about corn and see if we get like anything. So Merle likes a good ear of corn every now and again. I'm allergic to corn, Dave. Well, either way. Either way. But I like Yep. Either way, we know you like some corn. We got about eight minutes to go before we got to go to break. At the bottom of the hour, goes to the Great White North with their man Merle and the Ghost Bombs out of Missouri tonight, ladies. When you go in, I mean, Julie, you said you're the hardcore skeptic. You know, you 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 try and find logical answers for everything, and I think that's a good way to do things. I think we all need to be skeptical with what we are doing and what we are going through. To this day, what would you say, Julie, is your best piece of evidence that you? collected or seen or experienced the ones that get me are the evps because i don't know how to explain those voices and we've caught a lot of class a evps we were in a nursery and we were trying to play with the kids and we caught a little boy's voice as clear as day saying let's play and we we were in the house that kelly mentioned the Civil War house that a, a friend had asked us to come. They had said that there was a little girl that had lived at the house and she'd been seen in windows looking out by their neighbors, even though they don't have a little girl. And we came into the house and they had their dog, Charlie. And I was saying hello to the dog. And on the recording, you hear me say, hi, babe, because I'm talking to the dog. And all of a sudden, this little girl's voice responds and says, oh, hi. And she sings a song and says, la, 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 la. And it's clear. It's just like she's standing there. Like it's the most bizarre thing because I can't tell you how 
that happens. And, and all I can think, it gives me chills now. All I can think like she was excited to see us and she was singing us a song and, you know, she wanted to play. And I, I love that there's, that the idea of that realm exists and that they are able to penetrate ours and the digital mm-hmm. record that level. Cause if you notice on EVPs, it's always like a tiny shift in the level of the recording. Like yes. it's not on our level. It's right. literally this other realm that's being captured. It's, it's just, it's mind blowing. I, those are the, and those are the ones that my family are, you know, those are skeptical too, but the EVPs are the ones that always get them too, because it's just, yeah. How do you explain the that? ones were the scariest. There the was the one at the Missouri State. Oh, Union. yeah. They oh, like yeah. them a lot. Something, something was following us from different areas, and it was it sounded maniacal. It was really mm-hmm. creepy listening was, to it. Well, yeah, and there's like one and it was responding appropriately to us. Mm-hmm. There wow. was disturbing. Where we were all laughing, and then all of a sudden there's this ha, ha, ha laugh, like, <laughs> That wasn't us because we're higher pitched, and it, that was that was. But we didn't hear it only until we like played it back. So that was that was strange. And Emily saw something down the hallway and she, in like peripherally, and she was like, "Ooh, what's that?" And then you hear this really guttural. Oh, I want to call it demonic, but a growl that's it not was. that didn't sound human. And then we were trying to. We were like, "Which cell is it?" And then you hear a man's voice say, "That's mine." And then we were hoping he was talking about the cell and not us. Yeah. <laughs> and not like picking one of us. But, you know, you just, I, yeah, the EVPs are, will always get me. That's yeah. number one for me, too. Yeah. EVPs. Mm-hmm. Well, remember the tribal drum at Shawnee Indian Mission? That was crazy. Oh, yeah, there was, and there was a flute that we actually heard. We were in the Native American old mission, and we actually heard like a, a, the sound of a flute of a Native American flute being played, mm-hmm. and we were in a room by ourselves, you know, and just doors shut, windows shut, all quiet. Mm-hmm. And it, it's wild. It's not just voices. It's literally this other existence that we just can't see. Mike, yeah. what's been your best EVP? Oh man, my best EVP. I have um, a male coming right up to the audio recorder. It was Sandra. She was doing an EVP session. This was at a private residence. And it was on indigenous land traditionally, but the occupants of the house were not. And um, she says, what's your name? Who are you? It's on our, I'll, you can, I'll send you the clip. And yeah. it's clear as day. It's, it's like a, a growly voice saying Cherokee. Oh wow! Or Jeremy, it's one of the two. One of the two. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it could be either. Wow. It's so unsettling because it's so clear and so loud in our recorder, but right. your bare ears don't hear it. Yeah. So, so that, that energy that's right beside you, like exploding in your audio equipment, yeah. it's pretty unsettling. Well, and just, I always say if you try to picture, like when we get an EVP. Like if you're actually in the moment during an investigation and I'll say, what if right now, like in the nursery where the children were killed, I was like, what if they're all just like trying to get our attention right now? Like it's kind of a, a wild scenario that they might be just right there. We just can't, you know, and we're talking to them and maybe they, I think this is why we like the less trotted places is because I think sometimes they're so excited anyone's trying to communicate because maybe no one has tried before. And so I love to go into these places where 
and they think, oh, just another person. But then they're like, wait, hold on a second. What are they doing? Oh, they have equipment. Oh, this goes off. I don't know. But I like to think that the intelligent ones, not the residual, but the intelligent will, they're going to be happy that you're trying, especially if no one's tried before. Absolutely. And like, that's like us too. We like the untrodden, the unexplored, less explored areas, but we try to learn the dialogue of the era where the said spirits are are from. And I find that's a really big trigger. Like we've been playing with it a lot the past six months. Like however they would have talked in the fifties, forties, 1800s or whatever to throw those words at them. And we get a lot of cool. Yeah. Cool responses. Emily will speak Spanish for us sometimes. (laughs) Have you ever had any crossover from spirit to other types of entities, whether it's cryptid or alien or UFOs? Because there's a lot more crossover that a lot of people are seeing today and starting to investigate whether these... uh, these phenomena are all linked together. Now, I personally believe they are, but I'm curious if you've experienced during your investigations, Kelly, on anything like this happening. Well, like at the Conjuring House, as I mentioned before, I really felt like there were multiple things going on. Like it, it, it just felt like a tear in the universe there or something. It, it just felt like there was so much energy there and I... I don't think that there's just maybe paranormal going on there. I think that there was a lot going on there with all the shadows and the lights and the time warp. It was the owners actually have seen grays on the property and Mm -hmm. seen grays in the house. And Mm -hmm. so clearly there's some sort of activity that's not just paranormal. Um, I don't know how, you know, whether those energies I kind of think those energies might attract each other. I don't know. I think it exists on a different plane. And obviously, you know, the universe is infinite space, but um, I don't, I think when the energy is heightened like that, it naturally attracts more energy. Mm -hmm. It is absolutely amazing. We have ghosts of the great white North for another 30 minutes here on spaced out radio. We are having a wonderful, wonderful time with the ghost moms out of the beautiful state of New um, of Missouri, and we have Kelly, we have Liz, we have Julie, we have Emily for another 30 minutes, and of course, our man, the myth, the Merle legend, Merle from the Paranormal Road Trippers, hanging on out. We're going to talk some paranormal as we continue on. Then in hour number three, we are going to hook up with Vancouver and go right across Canada on the shift. Swamp Weller will be with us. The fedora wearing John Hudson. Man, we got a jam show in the next 90 minutes. Spaced Out Radio continues right after this. Flying by, eh? Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. You betcha. And, um... Like the West Coast, that where they've seen the dire wolves and they've seen aliens, and they're studying it right now. Mm-hmm. Why can I not think of it? Huh. The, the the group, are you saying? No, it's like this land, this farmland, and they're like they've seen all this crazy. They've seen aliens there. They've seen dire wolves, and they think it's like a. Um, and they're scientists there, like studying how what's going on there. Skinwalker Ranch. Do you think that there are portals where alien life can come in? Oh yeah. 
Yeah. See, I think there's too many videos out there of people appearing out of nowhere or even kind of morphing into a person. And I know there's a lot of camera tricks and CGI, but some of it. I had it. I had an incident in 2018. Uh, It's funny because Merle was down at our museum at that time with a bunch of big name ghost hunters and he, they caught the picture of an alien in one of the buildings uh, there. But the next night, we did an investigation. Myself, the Ukrainian watermelon, little Ronnie Moniak, and a few others, we took about a tour on the original Gold Rush Trail. And we actually uh, met up with a Chinese husband and wife who had come over on boat, and now they were making their way up to Barkerville, which is had a large Chinese community. And the one thing that really messed me up with that is they wouldn't leave the trail. You know, once we said goodbye, they were still there. Like all the K2 meters, all the meters and everything were still going off. And I finally figured out that it wasn't just them. It was their horses and their buggy. That Ask Gregory is a financial podcast from the guys who bring you Winning at Life with Gregory Ricks. Learn the ins and outs, do's, don'ts, rules, and tools of the financial world. From rising inflation and higher taxes in retirement to market volatility, your 401k to your IRA, your pension to your social security to Medicare. Got a financial situation and you're not quite sure what to do? Ask Gregory. Ask Gregory is our new podcast with the financial topics broken down into specific little chunks. So if you have a financial situation or you just want to learn more about money, Ask Gregory. Find the Ask Gregory podcast on the Winning at Life app, the iHeartRadio app, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. Investment advisory services offered through AE Wealth Management, LLC. The firm is not affiliated with the U.S. government or any government agency. Don't let mosquitoes suck away your summer. Time to call in Skeeter Hawk, a naturally fierce mosquito defense for personal patio, perimeter, and portable protection. Like a hawk. Skeeter-Hawk.com Was following them. But what really screwed me up is they were still on the road. And when we parted off the road, they continued. And as they continued, you could see all the K2s. Like, we had nine K2s all spiking at red. There's no power lines there. Okay, no. There's no power lines. And and as they moved down the trail, you would see the K2s go from red back down to green. Red to green. Red to green. And it, it, was, it was amazing. But what got me wondering about this at that point was... Who's the ghosts? Oh, yes. Okay. Yeah. Because we were we were impeding on their travel. So did did we combine timelines from a different dimension at that exact moment where we were the ghosts to them and Mm -hmm. they were continuing on what they needed to do? And it Ever since then, I have been so unsure of the paranormal. I really have. Oh, thinking that it's just time or time lapse. Absolutely. I think in a lot of cases, I think in a lot of cases, it can be. I do too. 
We always wonder that with residual, with what seems to be residual energy, because sometimes things are just on such a clear loop or a pattern. Mm -hmm. And you just wonder, are they just going about their day? <laughs> like, are they doing what, and you know, the idea of heaven or whatever the afterlife might be, if their idea of heaven was being in this house they loved, they don't see it in the decrepit, you know, condition it is now. They see it in their, hey, they see it in its heyday and how beautiful it was. And maybe they're in their happy place and they're just living their, their life because that's what they want to do in that realm and they're able to and we're just sensing it we're sensing them as they're going about their business i don't know it's the whole concept like, like just, if you get a janitor yeah. if you get the ghost of a janitor that's cleaning up a school how do how do you know that janitor isn't still living in 1950 on a different timeline right well, yeah right yeah. I mean, has a, jan- a ghost janitor we have we have a picture of a ghost janitor we actually nice. yeah yeah from, from the church yeah we had two, our two best pictures happened in our our haunted church and one is so there's a school in the basement now and there was a just like one of those little mercury motion activated cameras that was set up for monitoring and a teacher and a child were cutting through and they're the ones who triggered the camera but you can clearly see the outline of another person in the room with them and it looks like a janitor it looks like a janitor and there is the theory that it's this guy george who used to work there and then also in the church there's a little girl that haunts it and this is my favorite picture ever and there she haunts the choir room in the basement we got 10 seconds oh well anyway we have a camera that triggered at 3 a.m and it is very much beautiful space with girls everything all right, yeah. get you all to hold on right there, and uh, here we go. We passed the halfway point of Spaced Out Radio tonight. Good to have you with us. My name is Dave Scott. Very much appreciate you tuning us on in. Want to remind you that if you miss portions of this show or others, check out our free archives at youtube.com forward slash spaced out radio. Do old Davey the favor, hit that subscribe button. Our website, spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read Shirky Poo's Newswire. Check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio. Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show and on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. For the final time tonight, we continue on with the Paranormal Road Trippers, Merle and Ghosts of the Great White North. Tonight from Missouri, we have the Ghost Moms, Emily, Julie, Kelly, and Liz hanging on out with us as we continue on with some ghost stories up until the top of the hour. Ladies, Merle, welcome back. Thanks, Dave. Take it away, Merle. Julie, tell us about your interactions with ghost adventures. Oh, yeah. Okay, so um, I write for People Magazine, and I was obsessed with the show for years. And so we did a We Tried It story, and I got to go to Utah and meet up with the guys in an old mining town. And participated in part of the investigation 
Um, and it was just, it was kind of wild just to see how they work together, their dynamic. Obviously, you know what's edited on television, but to see the bare bones of it all, it was actually quite impressive because uh, they are a well-oiled machine and they know exactly, you know, how to draw out their, they're definitely, they definitely go in and they know their business and they, and they antagonize when they need to. Um, and it's a different energy. It's the first time I had been in a really dark area um because we were in at first we were in like an old bank and an old office building and it was so dark because they black out all the windows and we hadn't really done ghost moms yet ghost moms was just getting to be an idea but we had not gone on our first investigation anyway and then um we caught a couple of EVPs and they locked me in a cell <laughs> well I wasn't locked but I was down in a cell by myself in the dark which was nothing short of terrifying but uh, later in the episode, they went to, they had heard about this house and a man that did rituals to open a portal. And I don't know, when I heard ritual and portal, I was like, I'm going to sit in the car. So I sat outside and Zach got this just absolute insane demonic scream of an EVP, like to the point where I put my hands over my ears because it was so loud. And that kind of just, the whole experience just changed everything. I wrote about it, obviously, for the magazine. And I told the girls about it. And I think that's when we were on a trip in New Orleans, to, And we were taking a ghost tour, <laughs> which was, and the tour guide was not doing a good job. And I remember thinking, and we were talking about, we would do such a better, you know, we could, we could really, like, do this right. But that's how Ghost Bombs got launched. And um, I, I'm kind of become the paranormal girl at the magazine. Like, anytime there's something about ghosts, um, aliens, UFOs, they all just send it to Julie. <laughs> she's she's going to figure it out. So, But they were very, the, the Ghost Adventures guys, Zach and the team, were very gracious and very generous with their time. And they totally, I think they, they, they very much supported my um, enthusiasm. And, and I've, he's, he knows that we've started ghost moms. All of them do. And they're very, um, they, 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 they think, cause this is how you start, you know, you, you become intrigued and all of us have full-time jobs, but this is something that if we could do full-time, we would, because it's just incredible. And, you know, we, we understand that anyone that really wants to get into this, um, you got to start somewhere. And we're very grateful that the paranormal community has accepted us and supported us the way they have. That's a question we ask all the paranormal teams that we talk to and chat with. What advice do you give new people in the field if they're wanting to get in? Mm, ooh, that's a good question. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. Kelly, you want to field that one? Oh, well, I would say get fire REM pod and R and EMF. You know, just start with small. Don't you don't have to like spend a ton of money, just buy a piece of equipment or two. And I mean, we'll even go out to a cemetery and try to get, because we really want to see an 80s ghost. <laughs> because everybody talks about seeing ghosts from like the 1800s with like long skirts. We want to see an 80s ghost or something. <laughs> so yeah, so we'll go, I mean, we went, we just went to a cemetery last week and um, walked around and we actually had a REM pod go off on a headstone of a 33-year-old woman that had passed away in the 80s. So, um, <laughs> you know, I think just start small and just like with anything in life, let yourself have the learning curve and be open to, yep. to learning and experiencing new things and taking good advice from people and, you know, um, start small and, and build on it. That would be my best advice. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Liz. Yeah. Do you have anything to add? <laughs> uh, yes. Um, you know, 
Well, I also, um, I, I just think you kind of have to be, you, you need to be open to it, but you also have to be skeptical too. I, I do think that's, that's hugely important with it because you're, if you, we all want like something that's a really good, solid piece of evidence and um, it just, it takes time and it takes patience and, and to steal Kelly's analogy, it's like fishing, like you wait and wait and wait for that catch. And so, yeah. I use that same analogy. Yeah, You do? I do. Yeah. That's a good one. Because sometimes you get a nibble, sometimes you get a big bite. (laughs) Sometimes you get nothing at all. Those nights where nothing happens, that's, that's the true test because those are, they're, they're, I mean, we love being with each other, but you're there for a reason. And on dead nights when nothing, no equipment blips, no EVPs, it, the rooms feel different. Like there's no, there's a stillness in the air. It's, it's flat. energy. Yeah. Um, and the, I would, my biggest thing is just, again, because I'm the real debunker of the group is just always look for what other, what other probable cause for whatever you're experiencing. Is there a door mm-hmm. open for a draft? Is there, you know, some, did something move in the back room when you heard a sound? Um, Kelly's stomach, was that your stomach growling? Like, you know, you, there's always, there's always something to look for. If you can't find it, that's when you start really figuring out, okay, was that, could that have been paranormal? Mm-hmm. My, What's your advice, Mike? My advice. Oh, here we, no. here we go. Here we go. <laughs> uh, no, don't break the bank. Um, best, best paranormal gear, in my opinion, is your gut and a good audio recorder. Yeah. Um, if you're looking to join a team, feel them all out. Don't just pick one. Pick five and see which one you drive with the best. Um, assess their respond, their respect levels. If yeah. they're just show yourself versus being respectful, I would tend to go with the respectful guys. Um, Make sure they're not charging people. Make sure they're ethical. All that sort of fun stuff. That's my advice in a nutshell. Because Dave knows I can go on. Oh yeah, that, 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 <laughs> he, advice, he actually finished that in record timing right there. Record <laughs> timing. Uh, my advice. My advice that I try and give it. And I'm not a paranormal investigator, but I've interviewed over the years so many people, and this is what I have learned: have direction on what you're trying to do. It's okay to admit you're a weekend warrior or you're doing this for fun or doing it for the thrill or if you're actually diving on in and trying to solve some of life's best mysteries. But stop the fakeness, okay? Like, I think, like your team, one thing I like about you ladies is you're all skeptical in your own ways in trying to do things. We don't need the team debunker. We don't need the team historian or or the team everything. You know, we we need people to, to stop worrying about the television show and the pilot that isn't coming and and just admit to what you're doing right it's okay like hey i like a good ghost hunt every now and again i like like it when merle comes up here and we go out right i enjoy it for me it's fun i'm not there to solve any worldly mysteries of life after death or portals or anything along those lines but what's that Oh, it's joking. I said demons. Yeah, (laughs) right. But what I'm there to do is I'm there to have a good time. 
and enjoy what? something that most people don't get to enjoy. And there's nothing wrong with that. And I think too many of these teams out there are are more worried about how they look, how they present themselves, that they're going to be the next Zach Bagans or Amy Bruni, and that's all they care about. And they will do whatever it takes for that fame and that that laughable fortune that does not come along. And within two, three years, they've screwed everything up in their areas, and they've moved on. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, we do this. We've always said we do this for ourselves. The fact mm-hmm. that we have a following, those are people that like watching and being a part and living vicariously through us. Because as much as the, so many of them do want to come with us, a lot of them would never because they're too scared, but they like watching what we present yeah. to them. And right. we're going to do this just because we like to do it. And we, that's a great want, answer. We like to send it And we always say, we're going to be the ghost grandma someday. Like, we're <laughs> just going to keep going. See, and I, th- and I, and I think yeah. that's a great, honest answer that not enough paranormal teams out there are actually trying to answer. It, it, it's kind of like, like, I'll give you my pet peeve, and, and Merle will laugh at me when I say this, but. The minute I hear a ghost team use the word science, I know they're full of it. I know they're full of it. Right? Well, we don't use science, but we say this is our version of a book club. Like, we get together. A lot of good catchphrases. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. What do you guys have uh, coming up next? Hmm? Um, What are we doing next? We have. we're going to go back to the Rice Tremonti house. So when we first started investigating, we didn't have a lot of our equipment, including our night vision cameras. So this one place, and it has a slave cabin. It's in, um, is it in Raytown, I think? Yeah, uh-huh. Missouri. And it had a slave cabin, and we caught another Class A EVP of a woman saying, hello, um, mm-hmm. as we walked into the slave cabin. So we want to go back. So we're going back for that because now we can, you know, use our cameras and much more equipment. But then um, we're going to go to Hotel Josephine, which is in Kansas, in a couple of weeks, which also has an incredible history. Um, you know, a lot of these Kansas towns are they have cowboys. <laughs> um, Zeke the cowboy was the one at Beaumont. And um, I think Zeke followed me home a couple of times. Well, yeah. yeah. Or he, he has come to visit a couple of times. And my kids have experienced like lots of heavy boot steps in the hallway. Wow. But we're not scared. That's the thing. I, I welcome it. I don't. I, I can very much build a barrier and I know people will be say, Oh, you don't know if it's demonic. You don't know what you're welcoming in. Don't do that. I'm not, I'm such a positive person that I'm, I'm just, I'm open to the idea that I could somehow experience that further. Um, I would love to be able to talk to ghosts, you know, mediums just that they, I think they're riveting and I, I love how that process is possible or, you know, what they do. But um, I'm always trying to develop that psychic side because in an, another lifetime, I would love to be that person that could help ghosts cross over and help them, you know, with family members that they have, you know, issues that haven't been resolved. So I, I just it's the mystery that drives me. It's the that's what gives me passion for all of this. Aside from being these women who are all incredible and we have such a, like it's just it's nice doing this with your best friends. It really is. It's it's. Um, yeah. It's 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 a privilege. That's I know that sounds cheesy, but it's actually a privilege. That's true, though. I really don't want anything to follow me home, and that's just I, I I'm being honest. I really I like to go somewhere and experience it, but I do not really want it in my own house. So I 
would prefer <laughs> when we leave we usually try to remember to say thank you for you know letting, letting us, us visit come to your space but please don't follow us home please stay here i just don't want it at my house yeah <laughs> no well, we always remember we're in control. That's the thing. We're Absolutely. in control. Even if yeah. something's scary, we are able to say, okay, that's our fear. Tem- you know, temper it and just, you can't affect me unless I let you. So that, that always gives us kind of the backbone that we need to keep doing this. Yeah. I yeah. 100% agree with that. Yeah. When your children yeah, get, when your children get older, will you take your children along <laughs> and, and have that secondary team built underneath you, little trainees? Yeah. We them. <laughs> yeah, we took them once. We had one that didn't turn out so well. Yeah, we took <laughs> half of them. And I, my youngest, who was like ten at the time, yeah, I didn't take. She it. was so pumped, and she talked about it all week, and she was so excited. And then once we pulled up to the house, she's like, "I'm not going in there." And so, um, and then I, I tried to kind of, I was like, "You wanted to do this. I, you're, you're with us." And, and then it was tears, and they went on into the house, and I had to drive her home. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. but if she, you know, if she wants to, she's my scary movie watching partner, which is kind of surprised me in her but she wants to go back i'll take her but i'm not gonna push yeah they tolerate it a lot of their friends follow us you know on social media so clearly because my son says people always come up to me like oh is your mom the ghost mom <laughs> <laughs> like what that's an icebreaker you could find a girlfriend that way <laughs> you got the cool my daughter wants to go on investigations too and um I have a haunted doll at my place, so I'll periodically. Oh, you're brave. For for when she uh, wakes up, like I'll like I'll wake up before I wake up for school. I'll put it in there, and <laughs> doesn't go well. <laughs> no. I'll be like, hey, hey, that gets you. <laughs> it's like I'm training you. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. The doll thing is terrifying. <laughs> I yeah. love dolls, though. I'll pick up oh. any doll. I don't think I'd pick up Annabelle, but I would pick up any doll that's a, like you know. A lot of times they have them in cases because they've moved, and I'm like, I'll hold her. Like I, I have no problem holding dolls. I have, I have an investigation tomorrow night actually um, for a client in Vancouver, and um, they have a doll. They say it's from the 1700s, oh, wow. and they have documentation saying that it's cursed from the. It's a family doll passed down. And they have like books from way back then with people writing in it saying that the doll turns who at whatever female possesses the doll turns her into a spinster. Oh, that's, that's not good. That's the term they use. Like that's that's oh in, my in, god. Huh. This doll is it, it is an, I'll, I'll send you you guys a message on um, please. Instagram, yes, but it uh, yeah. I'll send you the photo. It's she's pretty creepy. Uh, creepier the better. Yeah, that's a cool doll. Yeah. yeah. When we were in Melbourne, Julie and Liz took a doll that they had encased. It had holy water on it. It had a rosary, uh, a rosary and they took it out of the case. And we're holding it. Kelly and- fine. <laughs> Nothing happened. But our night vision cameras, when we went to sleep, we put it in the kitchen, back in the case, in the kitchen. And we were in a room off the kitchen. And you can see these with the night vision camera, these anomalies that just keep like bouncing off the the doll case. Okay. Oh. Something was, was shifting. Something was shifting to cause a vibration. Was going on with the doll. 
Uh, wow. dolls. dolls are crazy. Give me any doll anytime. <laughs> dolls, cakes, <laughs> in my house. I just did this cool research experiment where I had these two dolls that were shipped from actually Iowa to me saying that they were extremely haunted. So I solicited five paranormal teams in my area. Ask Gregory is a financial podcast from the guys who bring you Winning at Life with Gregory Ricks. Learn the ins and outs, do's, don'ts, rules, and tools of the financial world. From rising inflation and higher taxes in retirement to market volatility, your 401k to your IRA, your pension to your social security to Medicare. Got a financial situation and you're not quite sure what to do? Ask Gregory. Ask Gregory is our new podcast with the financial topics broken down in to specific little chunks. So if you have a financial situation or you just want to learn more about money, ask Gregory. Find the Ask Gregory podcast on the Winning at Life app, the iHeartRadio app, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. Investment advisory services offered through AE Wealth Management, LLC. The firm is not affiliated with the U.S. government or any government agency. Custom Inc. is an awesome way to recognize employees, thank customers, and outfit your teams with their favorite products and brands customized with your logo. CustomInc.com lets you make your mark on water bottles, backpacks, polos, jackets, and a ton more. Custom Inc. is your go-to custom gear partner with great customer service, quality products, and all-in pricing along with personalized help when you need it and an easy-to-use website when you don't. Oh yeah, and everything is 100% satisfaction guaranteed. Check out what we can do for your business at CustomInc.com. Mm-hmm. And they, they, I did it all confidential, so they don't know yeah. who's who. Yeah. And I had each of them investigate it. And now it's on the last person. So once they get those dolls back, I'm going to comp- yeah. compile all the research, and then I'm going to put it into a little video just to show my findings. I'm pretty yeah. 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 well, to compare yeah. notes and see if they experienced any of the same things. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, I can't wait. That's a good That's idea. Cool. Yeah. 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 Got some creepy EVPs from a couple of the people. I'll tell you that much. So, yeah, yeah, That's amazing. Yeah. No, so when you guys said that you like to go to places that are uh, not well known, I mean, we love the in cold blood the novel. Like that's like three hours away from us, and so I'd love to go there. Or like the BPK first murder house is three hours from us. But I mean, like. These are just private residents. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's the and So, I mean, have you had any experience with that? I mean, I just like to know because, I mean, I would call anyone and say, hey, this team would like to investigate. I mean, the worst they can say is no, but I would, some of those places I would love to go to and see what act, activity is there. Um, but um, I don't know. Have you guys ever done anything like that? There's a, there's a house in Vancouver I want to do. It was an axe murder house. Um, uh-huh. What, the the son he drugged his family with sedatives in milkshakes. Yeah. Oh, I heard about this. Yeah, he hacked them all up, and that's oh. a private residence right now. Wow. So I'm I'm trying to figure out how to how to get in or go knock on the door and ask if I could bring up some drama from the 70s. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right? Doesn't it make you wonder if they know though? I'm always curious about that. I'm like, do they know what happened in this house? Cuz uh, I do realtors don't have to dis- in some states, realtors don't have to disclose if the house is believed to be haunted or if somebody's died in the house. But there's some states they have to. But a lot of I'm mean, clearly that's not something that they necessarily want to advertise when they're trying to sell the house. I think if I think so, if someone was murdered in my house when I was here, 
um, the real estate agent would have to disclose that. But then if somebody bought it and then resold it, they don't have to disclose it then. Uh, yeah. Of, yeah. It's just the first, oh, the first change of hands. Okay. Yeah. 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 That makes sense. Yeah. Well, they go cheaper if you're on a budget. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, up here, they don't have to disclose. Okay. Up here. Yeah, I don't think in Kansas they have to. Yeah, California. And actually, we have a lot of realtor. We have a lot of realtor friends. And I got called one day to a real to a house to the the new owners. The realtor called me, and the new owners suspected that a little girl she was starting to scare their grand the woman's grandson who was two because he kept talking about her and she was getting mad at him for not playing with her. So I went in and did a digital recording, just just digital recorder, um, EVP session, but. She had done enough homework to find out that her name was Lillian or Lily and that she had fallen down the stairs, you know, when the house was first built and it died. And so on the on the recorder, well, I asked, we've been told there's a little girl here. Do you go by Lily or Lillian? And on the EVP, we got an EVP of the of the voice saying Lillian. So then we started saying Lillian and. The woman had talked to a medium before and she had said that her mother, Lillian's mother, was trying to cross her over and couldn't. So we spent the entire time saying, go to the light. Your mom's in the light. I left the next day. The woman called me and she had not told the medium that I was there. And the medium had reached out to her and said, I just got a message from Lillian's mom and she wants to say thank you because Lillian's with her now. So I was like, I'll do that till the cows come home. Whether that's true or not, that's just an amazing thought that that little girl is reunited with her mom. Ladies, Absolutely. we only got about 90 seconds left with you tonight. And oh, wow. I want to say a big thank you for coming on Spaced Out Radio's Ghost of the Great White North with Merle and myself. Julie, do us a favor. Tell everybody where they can find you guys, your social media contacts, and how they can get in touch. Yeah. Uh, so Instagram, actually almost everywhere. We're just at Ghost Moms. I think Twitter, someone had that handle. So on Twitter, we're at Ghost Moms Casey for Kansas City. Um, but then Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, we're just YouTube Ghost Moms and um, TikTok Ghost Moms. <laughs> and then if you want to email us, we're just theghostmoms at gmail.com. And I followed you guys on on uh, Instagram earlier tonight. So make sure that you repay the favor because that's how it works right here. I did. I followed you. Damn it. I want that subscribe button hit. No. I'm teasing. I am teasing. Merle, it's been another great show with you, man. Another show. great show. Merlica the Beautiful. There he is. There he is. And that's the way we roll. Thank you guys for having us. It's been- I know. Thank you so much. Julie, Kelly, Liz, Emily, thank you so much for coming on Spaced Out Radio tonight. And good luck with your future investigations and having fun and enjoying what you do. The one thing that I loved about tonight was seeing you guys, your energy and your love and passion for what you do. A lot of people don't have that. They always got to be serious and uptight. But you're taking it as it comes, and I think it's I think it's a it's great and extremely refreshing for the paranormal community to have you all there as a team. So great job that you guys are doing. Thanks, Dave. Thank you. Thank you so much. All right. And Mike, thanks for reaching out. Coming up next on Spaced Out Radio. We're going to go across Canada. We're going to join Shane in the shift to talk about the UFO hearings yesterday. And then we're going to head to the swamp. The fedora wearing John Hudson after that. And Shirky Poo's News. Hour three of Spaced Out Radio is next.
Great job, ladies. Great job. It is bedtime. It is one in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Dave's we got kids to get up in the morning for the last oh, yeah. day of school. Dave's got two hours of work left. You guys go. <laughs> Seriously. Well, you did an awesome job. I love your show. You do an awesome job. I, I see why people love it. Well, don't forget so to hit that subscribe button. Yeah, I'll, I'm going on YouTube for this, too. I promise. We'll do it right after. What, what was that, Liz? I said my husband, because, you know, it's one in the morning here. My husband fell asleep on the couch and we, we can hear him snoring. That is awesome. <laughs> that is awesome. Not an EVP. No. Nope. <laughs> All right. I got to let you guys go because I got to right, prep thanks, here. Thanks, Mike. But uh, we'll, thank you so yeah, much for everything. Appreciate have you guys. Thank you, guys. All right. Yeah, take, take, care. Care. take care. Bye. Hey, Vancouver. How you doing? Uh, doing great here. Uh, good to have some bonus Dave Scott tonight. We'll be uh, ready for 06. Okay, perfect. Thank you. Uh, I'm going to go for my break here. And, uh, well, I'm on my break here. We'll talk to you in five and a half minutes.
All right, people, we are close, about a minute away. We're going to join up with the shift. And then we'll get to Swamp Dweller after that. Great show. Fun show tonight. <coughs> of course, we thank our buddy Merle for hanging on out with us. And uh, we got about 25 seconds before we're going to go here. <coughs> Here we go. Would you like to connect with us? Head to spacedoutradio.com for all your latest show info. Now, back to Dave Scott and SOR. Third and final hour of Spaced Out Radio is now underway. My name is Dave Scott. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us. We very much appreciate earning your listening ears wherever you are on this beautiful planet we call Earth. Hello to everyone listening in on our terrestrial affiliates across North America and digitally on Odyssey Radio, TalkStream Live, and KPNL. All of our archives are free at youtube.com forward slash spaced out radio. Do old Davey the favor, hit that subscribe button. The Desert Clam has set the password for tonight in the SOR Space Travelers Club. Darain. Darain is your password. Use it wisely, space travelers, as the clam sets a password each and every night right here on Spaced Out Radio. little bit of a special time tonight as we are going to head across Canada and join up with Shane Hewitt and The Shift out of Vancouver, British Columbia, where we are going to be talking about the UFO hearings because I know Shane has been diligently growing his beard trying to make sure that we have all the UFO updates that we can provide him. Shane, how you doing, man? Uh, good, buddy. How are you doing, Dave Scott? SpacedOutRadio.com. Uh, I hate to tell you and say I told you so, but you told me so. Told you so. It feels good. I'm not going to lie. It feels very, very good. And, and you know, yesterday's hearing, Shane, that came out of the United States, do have a little bit of impact here in Canada as well. And it's very interesting to see how this is going to play out. Now, for us in the UFO field, you know, it was a little bit of a nothing burger, nothing that they hadn't told. You know, we, we talk about these two guys who who sat in front of the Congress in the U.S., and they were being asked questions about whether it was Russia, whether it was China. I thought we were already beyond that, but apparently not. Apparently, according to one congressman, we were still talking about swamp gas, and I think we're a little bit beyond that. Otherwise, it was a very exciting day. Uh, for 90 minutes, the U.S. Congress met publicly with Mr. Moultrie and Mr. Bray, who were part of the Naval Intelligence and the Defense Intelligence Agency, trying to figure out what the heck these uh, weird craft are flying in American skies and around military air bases. But they downplayed it a little bit, Shane. They didn't get into things that they should already know. Things like the nuclear facilities in the 1960s and 70s at Malmstrom Air Force Base, where there are 
there are heavy reports, and it's already been coming out public again this past year about these nuclear weapons that were being switched on and off by these red orbs. And they were asked about this, Malmstrom, or pardon me, uh, Moultrie and Bray, and they're like, no, we, we don't know anything about this. How can you not in your position? But the problem that we had here is outside of Representative Gallagher, there was nobody really going at them about the information, like Malmstrom, like the Wilson-Davis documents where scientist Dr. Eric Davis said he talked to Admiral Wilson about UFOs and crash retrievals. They denied knowing anything about this. They denied knowing anything about any projects looking into UFOs from Project Blue Book and J. Allen Hynek moving forward. So it was a little disappointing. They didn't give the public anything to chew on, but I also talked to Luis Elizondo yesterday uh, afterwards, and he said to me, David, baby steps. This is baby steps. It's one of the first of many meetings and public hearings to come. This subject is not going anywhere anytime soon. One of the numbers that I saw in this one particular article was the number 400. And I was curious. I thought of you. I was like, hmm, how many is 400 in context? Um, the unidentified aerial phenomena, UAP, reported by pilots and service members had grown to about 400. Now, to a guy like me, that seems like a lot. Uh, but inside this community, is that a lot? No. Not at all. I mean, these are just military reports. Remember, they haven't scoured the thousands of reports MUFON gets or New Fork or any other type of UFO agency out there that has been gathering reports for decades. This is just military incursions with unidentified aerial phenomena. Now, just a year ago, during the initial DIA report that came out June 25th of last year, we were only told there was 144 of them. And back then we had a laugh because 143 they could not explain, but the one they could explain was a weather balloon. Who had that on their bingo card? I know I did. Well, yeah, but it says 144 reports, though. Like, how many how many airplanes uh, had to fly by this balloon, or how long was this saggy balloon flying around? I mean, right? 144 seems like an awful lot for one balloon, Dave. Well, I mean, that's that's exactly it. I mean. Who knows how many reports that they are telling us, all right? The number 400 may be, Shane, just what they want us to know. Now, if you talk to some of the fighter pilots who have experienced this phenomena firsthand and up close, I mean, there's one fighter pilot, Ryan Greaves, who claimed that on the East Coast that they were experiencing tic-tac-like objects almost every day when they were flying and training. And other pilots were experiencing it as well. I mean, there's 365 days in a year. And if they're experiencing these Tic Tacs almost every day, well, there's 365 reports right there. So what are they not telling us? That's the big story. So I'm guessing it's not balls of gas. And I'm guessing they, at this point, would move away from the it's another country with airplanes we've never seen before. I mean, they still rehash those old stories, huh? That They're still going that way. But because you have to realize, Shane, there is still public perception that needs to go out there. 
Okay, and they uh, talking to Luis Elizondo a couple weeks ago. They are still quite fearful over how people, citizens, religious people are going to react. How is it going to affect the economy? How is it going to affect daily lives? And you know, the one thing that was a litmus test that Elizondo did state to me was that they were paying very good attention during the initial stages of the COVID outbreak, watching people hoard milk, hoard eggs, hoard food and toilet paper, because this story is much larger than COVID. This story, if people actually get attached to it, will realize this will affect every single person on earth. And if that's the way we're going to react and treat each other through a a viral disease, how are we going to react when extraterrestrials make their presence? But Shane, the one other thing I want to mention to you, because we are across Canada, MP Larry McGuire also let out a release regarding the reports and the and the public hearings. He says that public hearings in Canada should be necessary in the future. He also says that now up to three members of parliament, including one from the NDP federal government, have expressed interest in learning what is happening in Canada regarding the UAP phenomena and how is this affecting our nuclear energy facilities out east, as well as what is uh, the military doing about it? What is NAV Canada doing about it? What is Transport Canada doing about it? Because Canada does not have a UAP desk. And summarizing the report here, McGuire said maybe it's time that we, as Canadian government, look to put funding into the UAP phenomena and starting our own task force desk. Now, you make me want to get political here because you make me want to say, we subcontract out everything in the government. Why don't we just subcontract out all of the uh, aerial defense to the UAPs? <laughs> well, we could, but we just like don't know whose side they're on just yet. Oh, just yet. Okay, so it's been a long time since there was a hearing. Welcome to Ceasefire Country, home of Unlimited with cash back. Use less than two gigs of data a month, and we'll take $10 off your next bill. And that's on every line. So four lines could save you 40 bucks every single month. Unlimited data when you need it, cash back when you don't. Seems right, seems fair, and only Ceasefire offers it. So stop paying for data you don't use and switch to life in Ceasefire Country. It's just like the rest of the country, only a few steps ahead. See Ceasefire.com for details. Make the connection with California Psychics. If it's not the best psychic reading you've ever had, it's free. Visit CaliforniaPsychics.com or download the free California Psychics app. Set up an account today, starting at only $1 per minute for new customers. Uh, quickly before we're done here, Dave Scott, um, it's been like, I don't know, 60 years or so since they've done a public hearing like this, 50 years. Just over uh, 50. How long has it been? Because we need to know how important it is that they're actually doing this. Look, this has happened, uh, the last time this happened was over 50 years ago. And back then they were still using swamp gas. They were still using you know, Northern Lights, Venus, Mars, Jupiter in the sky because they didn't want anybody to talk about this. Fast forward to today, where society seems a lot more open. I think we're going to see more talks 
coming soon. We should be getting another UAP report from the U.S. Department of Defense uh, within the next couple of months here. I believe in June it's supposed to happen, and we're just going to have to keep an eye on it. But I can tell you this, Shane, this story is not going away, and more people, doesn't matter what side of the border you're on, need to wake up to the fact that this story is not going away like it, it's not that tinfoil hat conspiracy anymore. This is real, and we need to open up our eyes and learn more about it and what we can do about it. Baby steps, Dave. Got to remember the baby steps. Your buddy Louise is a smart man. All right. Thank you, Shane. Thanks so much, pal. Appreciate Take care. It. Dave Scott speaks now. And now let's head on over to the swamp for our resident swamp dweller. Hi, Spaced Out Radio listeners. This is Swamp Dweller. It's time for your nightly dose of spookiness on the show. If you have an interesting encounter or a spooky story that you would like to share, be sure to submit them in at swampdweller.net. You can also find our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash swampdwellerreads. Now, let's chill out, relax, and together, let's enter the swamp. During the 90s, TV shows like America's Funniest Videos were among some of my favorites. The videos I liked the best were when people would get kicked in the nads by an animal like a goat or the kids would whack them in the head with a big plastic bat. I spent many an evening in front of the TV doubled over laughing at others' bad luck. I'm aware that not all people find this kind of stuff funny, but I'd wager, judging from the popularity of the Three Stooges, that there's a lot of us out there that would definitely enjoy it, even if we don't care to admit it. However, since the following happened, I'm a lot less likely to mock others in their times of misfortune. Since I was about 10, the male members of my family in the early years this consisted of my dad and his brother took an annual trip to British Columbia to hunt moose. This usually took place around late September or the closest time to that all those involved could get the time off. Since the first year of the hunt, I'd begged to go but was always told I was too young. This ritual was repeated year after year while I was 14 when I was finally decided that I was mature enough to handle it. Now, I'm going to stop here and address something I'm sure will come up in the comments once the story is posted. I am well aware that there are many reading this that hate hunting. I'm not here to field a bunch of angry comments regarding your feelings about the act of hunting animals. Send all those to PETA. I'm here to tell a story about something scary that happened in the woods. Well, now that I'm off my soapbox, I'll continue with the story. Being allowed to join the hunt in my family was sort of an unspoken rite of passage, an unofficial stamp that I was now a man, and you better believe that's how I felt. In order to prepare for the hunt, we made a trip to Cabela's to get all the stuff we would need. The remainder of the stuff was handled by the outfitter. All the way down to the flight in, at the end of September, everybody packed up for the long flight, and before I knew it, we were standing next to a small river that was base camp of every hunt since the beginning, four years before. We enjoyed a massive dinner that evening, and although I was exhausted, I got very little sleep that night mainly due to the excitement. Morning came all too soon, but my adrenaline high kept me going. Before we left that morning, the outfitter held a brief safety meeting in order to remind all those attending that we were in a dangerous area. Whether it was a grizzly wolf or a rutting bull, 
We had to keep our eyes open because there was a lot of things in these woods that could hurt us and want to hurt us. After the meeting, we headed out. I was in a group with my uncle and one of the guides. After a hike of about five miles, with a pack on my back, I was starting to drag. The lack of sleep was catching up with me. The guide must have noticed I was tired because he suggested we take a break at a small clearing at the top of the steep hill we had just hiked up. The break came just in time. I threw off my pack and laid down next to the remnants of an old fire pit. The other two put down their packs and began pulling cooking pots in a small stove out preparing, for what I assumed was to make some coffee or snacks. About the time everything was set up and the stove began blazing, a loud crashing noise came from the tree line, only a matter of feet away from us. We jumped up to see a massive bull moose charging out of the trees. We all scattered trying to anticipate where the bull was headed. We were unable to get our rifles because we were laying against a tree behind the bull. None of us were stupid enough to make a target of ourselves by circling behind a raging moose. I found a tree large enough for me to shimmy up. From my limb, I saw the bull take aim for my uncle, who himself was still running in circles looking for a place of safety. Unfortunately for him, the bull was too close and managed to close the distance too quickly. As he came closer to my uncle, he dropped his head and drove his antlers into my uncle's chest and arms, which had raised to protect his face from the strike. The bull struck with such power that my uncle was driven off the edge of the cliff that we had climbed up only minutes before and disappeared. The bull stopped at the cliff and looked around for another target, huffing the whole time. The guy took the opportunity to go for his gun. He took a big breath, aimed, and fired. The moose dropped where it stood. Once we were sure the moose was dead, we ran over to the edge, dreading what we would see. My uncle lay motionless at the bottom of the gravel-strewn hill. While not being a sheer and super tall cliff, it was still high enough to kill a man if he fell off of it. And at first, I was sure that's what happened to my uncle. To my relief, I was sure I could hear a quiet but audible moan come from him. We scrambled to the bottom as fast as we could, and when we got there, he was moaning. The guide, whose name was Roger, swiftly took control and told me what to do to help him. He also told my uncle not to move in case he had a neck injury. Thankfully, he had landed on his back, so we didn't have to move him much. Roger went through a checklist of questions to find out the extent of his injuries. It was obvious that my uncle had a broken arm. The bone poking out from the skin on his forearm made it kind of, you know, easy to tell. It made me kind of queasy, too but I managed to hold myself together. I helped Roger create a makeshift splint for the break, and I did the best I could to keep my uncle conscious. My biggest fear was he would go into shock. Roger pulled out his weird-looking radio thing that I later found out was a satellite phone and called for a way to go home. A helicopter came to evacuate my uncle. Luckily, the outfitter we were using required his guides to be certified in first aid. His knowledge provided him with the ability to give a rescue team a very good idea of my uncle's injuries and condition. He saved my uncle's life that day, and for this I'll always be very thankful, and every year when I see him at the hunting camp I thank him again. The chopper arrived about 30 minutes later and took my uncle to the hospital. The list of injuries came up to the compound fracture of the ulna, five broken ribs, a collapsed lung, 
and a compression fracture of the thoracic vertebrae. He spent the next couple of weeks in the hospital, and when he was released, we took the first flight home. The next year or so was quite a battle for him. The ribs and the broken arm healed pretty quickly, but the two surgeries from the fractured vertebrae left him laid up for almost another six months, and the after effects from the concussion have left him with some long-term memory issues. As if it couldn't get any worse, he's been forced to live with constant pain to the extent that he has to wear a morphine pump. I would expect any man to give up and spend all his time at home, but he's never let this whole mess ruin his life and he's still been able to keep a smile on his face. He still attends the hunt every year, although he's left the hunting part to the younger men and he and Roger have become pretty good friends. Oh, and by the way, when we got back we realized we had completely forgotten about the moose. We had written it off as an unfortunate loss, but a week later we received two large parcels from British Columbia. One was a hundred plus pounds of moose meat, and the other was the mounted head of the bull. He was indeed a fierce looking creature, but note included simply said, Here's a reminder of your trip. Get well soon, Roger. Right on. See, that's what I'm telling you about. I tell you about the moose in British Columbia. They are the size of minivans, and they can hurt you. That's why we go into the forest looking for Sasquatch armed. Not for the Sasquatch, but for the moose and everything in between. All right. Thank you, Swamp Dweller. You can check out Swamp Dweller's channel. Hit subscribe. He's at over a quarter million subscribers, around 264,000. He's got thousands of stories like that. Go to youtube.com forward slash Swamp Dweller Reads. we got a couple of minutes to go here before the break. Let's bring in the fedora-wearing John Hudson and the Unbiased UFO Report. Nobody's going to know. They're going to know. How you doing, Fedora? Are you over the hangover of the UAP hearings yet? Oh, yeah. I mean, me personally, I'm, um, I still haven't even done um, processing it yet. Um, I'm, I'm basically going through it, you know, uh, you know, minutes at a time, you know, doing different analysis and, and looking into other sources that I could get to help with certain analysis. And so uh, I've watched the whole thing, but I'm probably only about mm, 33% through uh, as far as like the kind of deep analysis that I like to do on these sort of things. Well, it's very interesting that, um, you know, today was a, a reflection day for a lot of people in the UFO community trying to pick out and, and literally tear to pieces every single word that was said by the congressman, that was said by Bray, that was said by Moultrie. Yeah. It was a breakdown yeah, I day. I call that reflection. I'm not sure I'd call it reflection. Um, I, I saw it more as a, as a manic uh, panic as everyone ran for cover thinking that their stories that had been proven or blown and they suddenly felt this impassioned need to defend them, even though probably nothing had actually changed. Well, you know what? Either way, however you want to look at it, we'll <laughs> call it reflection. You know, uh, that, that, you know, UFO Twitter was all over it today. Uh, the one thing that really caught me off guard, I, I don't believe this is in your notes, but Congressman Tim Burchett was still fired up angry 
about the open public hearings that nothing came out. Still, like, he is fired up about this, man. Fired up. And and I got to be honest with you, I find it refreshing, John. I find it very refreshing. I'm I'm really happy to hear that, Dave. And um, um, I, I hope there are many others that can enjoy it the way you were stating it. Um, me personally, um, I have serious trust issues with that guy. And uh, I, I, for me, a lot of his statements that he's made, even though people get very excited about them because what they, it's what they want to hear, they don't seem very genuine from coming from him. And, um, and some of what he's saying is a little disingenuous and it's designed to rile people up. And I will agree with that. I'm, I'm a little, I'm a little, you know, I'm a little, I'm, I don't know. There's something about him. Look, he's, he's a nice spokesperson. He said some good things. He spreads, uh, he spreads, you know, the conversation, which is a good thing. Um, he's just, uh, he's, he's not someone I would consider an advocate at this point. I will, he may turn out to be. I will disagree with you on that. I will totally disagree with you on that, and I'll tell you why. I think his passion for this subject and getting the truth out is extremely admirable. I will agree with you on one point, though, and that is when he was asked on Twitter today, as we go to break here, whether or not he knows things that could come out that were said privately, he said no, he would not release it. Typical politician talking out of both sides of his mouth. The fedora-wearing John Hudson and the unbiased UFO report continues on Spaced Out Radio right after this. I like it when we disagree. Makes for better radio. That's that's funny. For me, disagreement is very self-serving. I get excited when I disagree with someone because it usually means I'm going to learn something. No, this is totally self-serving for the show. Oh, 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 oh. There you go. All right. Yeah, which is weird if you really think about it, but okay. Hi, Jessica. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, yeah. It, it's been a very entertaining day. Did you happen to see uh, Gallagher on um, on with uh, oh what's the former football player Pat McC- McCaffrey or McAfee or something like that? Did you see him today? All fired up. Gallagher was, was he the one that was he the one talking about time travel? Well, I'm gonna see. I, I wish I could play the audio. You know, this is where I hate YouTube. Okay, because. Us being a news station, we should be able to use that without getting struck, you know, for copyright infringement. You know, I realize there's huh. fair use on it. Maybe I'm just too chicken not to use the, the fair yeah, use. You know, I, yeah, I don't know about that, Dave, because, I mean, it seems to me like, like, you know, I mean, can't you, I mean, can't you play terrestrial radio over as long as you're commenting on it perpetually? Yes, but YouTube has different rules. I could use his audio on terrestrial radio. All I have to do is give credit. But YouTube's a different monster because everybody's watching their own channels, right? And YouTube doesn't have people. Uh, They have algorithms making the call. 
Interesting. Mm-hmm. I've never really thought of that distinction. That's an important distinction. Yeah. Um, it really is. It, it, it's not a good one. It really is not a good one. I'm going to see if I can find this at rep gal. Yeah, I mean, I'm pretty sure I know the one you're talking about. And um, and honestly, like, I was watching, there was so much going on today um, uh, that um, I was a little, I was a little out of sorts. And, um, and so I'm kind of, want, I, I want to make sure that what I'm thinking of is what you're thinking of. Um, well, I'm going to, you know what? Screw it. We're going to play it. Like there was no answers to what. Hold on. We're, we're going to play it. Um, this thing was. So let me line it up here. All right. I'm going to, let's just play it. Sound good? Be brave, Dave. You know, we'll play. We're going to play it under fair use, and uh, and, and give absolute credit where credit is due. We will give absolute credit, and um, I think it's Pat McAfee. Is that the guy's name? Yeah, Pat McAfee show. It's weird. I thought I watched it earlier, and now I can't find it in my uh, my history. If we get rocked for it, I mean, I if somebody did this to, to me, I wouldn't rock them for it because they're using it on a news angle. Yeah, exactly. You know? Exactly. Hey, do you ever, you ever watch that channel Veritasium? Uh, no. So they use it as, like, <clears throat> he does really those, right? But he just did one on um, how they're using... Uh, reverse DNA uh, lookups on public uh, DNA boards to find um, uh, cold cases. Oh, really? And uh, he did a he did a fantastic job of overviewing the science and the legal problems and ethical problems and so forth. And so, uh, if anyone's interested in that topic, I'm personally extremely excited about this reverse DNA methodology. Um, but, um, but there are concerns and there are reasons to be concerned. So, okay. Uh, have you heard of this David? It's, it's basically no. where all they need is the DNA of essentially one of your second or third cousins. And, um, and I can use that to then figure out what your DNA is. And so if I have your DNA at a crime scene, even though you've never given me your DNA, because one of your distant relatives has, I can figure out what yours is, and oh, I can then. That is weird. Yeah, I think I heard you mentioning that the other day. It's really cool. It is really cool. We got twenty seconds, bud. Twenty seconds. They've caught a bunch of people in California already for it. Five seconds. We rounded third. We're heading for home tonight on Spaced Out Radio. 
Good to have you with us. My name is Dave Scott. Very much appreciate earning your listening ears. Want to remind you that if you miss portions of this show or others, check out our free archives at youtube.com forward slash spaced out radio. Do old Davey the favor, hit that subscribe button. Our website is spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read Shirky Poo's Newswire, check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. We continue on tonight with the fedora-wearing John Hudson and the unbiased UFO report. Now, John, one of the quotes that was used yesterday was... Yeah, that- that's the one. <laughs> okay, we're on a radio show here. Um I'm sorry, sorry. One of the quotes that was used yesterday from Representative Gallagher was, and one thing that I was impressed with was how passionate he was with asking questions of the committee that was there to talk about UAPs. He brought up Malmstrom Air Force Base and the nuclear weapons that were being turned on and off by these red orbs. He brought up Project Blue Book. He brought up and got added to evidence the Wilson Davis documents, which are turning out to be phenomenal. All right. He was on, and, and uh, for our YouTube... Welcome to Seaspire Country, home of Unlimited with cash back. Use less than two gigs of data a month, and we'll take $10 off your next bill. And that's on every line. So four lines could save you 40 bucks every single month. Unlimited data when you need it, cash back when you don't. Seems right, seems fair, and only Seaspire offers it. So stop paying for data you don't use and switch to life in Ceasefire Country. It's just like the rest of the country, only a few steps ahead. See Ceasefire.com for details. Hurry into Mattress Firm's best Memorial Day sale ever. Get a king bed for the price of a queen or a queen for a twin and save up to $500 on Sealy. Plus, get a free adjustable base with qualifying Sealy purchases up to a $4.99 value. Or shop Tempur-Pedic, the most highly recommended bed in America, and save up to $500 on adjustable mattress sets in stock for immediate delivery. And get a $300 instant gift. Talk to a sleep expert today. Only a mattress firm. Restrictions apply. See store or mattressfirm.com for details. Audience, I do have to clarify, we are going to use this under fair use. He was on the Pat McAfee podcast and the Pat McAfee show here, and he was still fired up. He is all in on this topic, and we're going to play a little bit of this here. And why we don't have sound on this, I'm not sure. Let me find out here. Give me two seconds here. Uh, we go about Yes, here. this is actual video that we, we shot, and we do not know what this is. It's moving at a speed and in a manner that... We don't think is man-made, basically, is what the Pentagon said. Like, there was no answers to what this thing was that the Internet had known for, like, 10 years we had seen this on the Internet, and it got legitimized. I don't understand. Do you think they're purposefully not trying to answer any questions? Do they go in there with the mindset to not answer any questions? Or do you think they legitimately just don't look into anything so they don't have any answers? Because that's more scary, I think, than the first answer. Well, I think there's a couple possibilities. One, it's possible that even these guys who we've tasked and the Secretary of Defense have tasked with getting to the bottom of this and figuring out, aren't aware of everything that the federal government is doing. Put differently, there may be some program they don't even have access to. And that's problematic, right? Because that should be the first hypothesis that we're able to disconfirm, right? Let's break this down, John. All right, and we'll continue on with fair use 
on uh, the from uh, Representative Gallagher on the Pat McAfee show. But here he's stay, saying that, look, these gentlemen, Moultrie and Bray, may not have the security clearance to answer a lot of those questions, and they may not have been read in yet. Do you buy that? Well, this is um, this is part of my frustration because um, you have you have serious double talk going on because you have people that appear to be a slightly more uh, aware of how this works, um, uh, which is indicated by what he just said, because um, essentially there is there is absolute truth to what he said insofar as um, the U.S. government learned a long time ago that um, the, one of the main reasons why you have heads of departments is because you intentionally keep them from knowing whatever it is you don't want to show up in Congress because they're the ones that will have to testify. And so you intentionally have a figurehead that you leave out because he is exposed or she is exposed to congressional testimony. So what he's saying does happen. It is a practice. All right. Let's now, is that what happened here? We don't know for sure, but it is a practice. Okay, let's listen to some more here. Hold on. If it's if it's a program that we that existed in the past that we have insight into, open open up the books, right? Let let let's just let's declassify as much as possible. Why wouldn't they, Mike? Why wouldn't they? Why wouldn't they open the books? Because they'd be scared about the reaction of the people. Well, I think, uh, you know, and I come from an intelligence background. There's always this argument that, okay, if you declassify the stuff, you're going to compromise sources and methods. Now, I think that's a bogus argument in this case. To your point, I mean, the Tic Tac video, everyone's seen that. Furthermore, I think the entry point into this discussion for a lot of people is that the pilots are legit. I mean, I've talked to David Fravor. Like, these guys are top gun pilots, right? And it's not just two separate pilots. It's not, it's not just like the Mavericks and the Iceman. You also have the Gooses, the guys that are sitting in the backseat who confirm this stuff. So you can't dismiss the pilots. And also, I think that is the hardest to explain, right? Like, if you think a lot of these incidents are actually natural phenomenon or weather or a commercial drone, and I bet that explains a lot of them, it doesn't explain the TikTok video. And honestly, the, the hypothesis I brought into the debate, right, you got to understand my bias. I do, I do U.S.-China defense competition. That's kind of my thing, right? Like, that's, I wake up every day thinking... Hey, pretty fucking important, Oh, guess we're going to have to edit that part out. But the whole point that he's getting at here, uh, Representative Gallagher, is, look, we know this is not us. He has studied China. He has studied Russia. He He's an intelligence guy. He's former military. And he's trusting these professionals who they put in place. And they're not putting any dummies flying $60 million aircraft like the fa-18 hornet they're not putting dummies in there and we got to trust what they are seeing and what they are saying compared to the videos that they are are getting am i right john yeah and, and actually you know i think that um uh you know well the venue uh you know was interesting um you know i think this i think he actually uh, showed much better here than he actually did uh in the hearing um, uh, I think he came off as far more uh, articulate and far more um, uh, pragmatic uh, in this interview in many ways. Um, you know, uh, I'm not sure I would have necessarily uh, uh, spoken to the time travel hypothesis, but hey, you know what? Uh, to each their own. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, everything he's saying is, I mean, the thing is, is that the way he's talking now, the, the way he and the way he's phrasing things now, 
um, it would be very easy for someone in our community to listen to him and think he's been talking to somebody. He knows somebody. He's he's been he's been on the periphery because because he's 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 a lot of what he's saying is just very much it's it's just it, it's very insider. He's going to open, but community insider. He's going to open up here. We're going to play this a little bit more under free use from the Pat McAfee show and, and uh, really on what representative uh, Gallagher is saying about UAPs here. Let's get right to it on free use. Right. And my, my suspicion is that we're losing right now. So when I came into this, I thought, Oh, we don't like that. Be the communists, right? It's gotta, it's gotta be, it's gotta be communist China spoofing our ranges or doing something weird and i'll say this as someone who still kind of favors that hypothesis that doesn't explain the tic-tac video i don't have a good explanation for the tic-tac video which is why you can't dismiss the extraterrestrial hypothesis so i I don't know man We, we have a long way to go before we're even close to answering basic questions and again listen i appreciate that they're taking it seriously but they can't answer basic Questions. Yeah, it's frustrating. Basic questions. Basic questions, John. They can't answer basic questions. And that is the frustration that whether it's uh whether it's Gallagher, whether it's Burchett who didn't get to sit in there, that's where we are right now. They couldn't answer basic questions. And yeah, and the thing is is that is that anyone I don't know. I mean, I, I guess there's some value for representatives to try to echo the uh, perceived uh, emotions of their constituents. So that might be a reason to do it. But but fundamentally, anyone showing any surprise that either A, people would be put to testify that had no knowledge that they could give, or B, that they would have knowledge that they would not be legally allowed to give. Um, Anyone that didn't assume that one of those two scenarios would happen, like just showed up to Congress. I mean, like, I mean, like yesterday, because I mean, like, how could you? That is that is what happens. Right. Um, And so to me, whenever I see anyone getting really upset about it, I get a little suspicious. Like, why are you you know, are you exaggerating how you how upset you are because you're trying to um, elicit an an emotional response of some sort. Um, and and that would be my, my challenge because you had, um, you had, uh, Tim, uh, Bertrand basically today saying, you know, that, um, that, that, um, that they did know that basically the people uh, who testified did know, and they just refused to tell. And then you have this guy saying that they didn't know. Well, I mean, I think he's also, uh, Gallagher on that end is covering his, his butt politically. I mean, let's face it in the end, they got to be politically correct. They got to be able to move on, like just like us, and we're going to move on because we have a bunch more to get to before we got to get to Shirky Poo's news. Jeremy Corbell actually came up in the hearings as Mister Corbell. I don't know about you, man, but this shocked me because literally they were they were calling his the video that he had out there that it pretty much was Boca and. Not, not, to, not a, yeah, yeah, no, I, I know we we should talk about that, but go ahead. Okay. And, but they called him out on the information that he has provided and will provide. What's, what's your thoughts? Yeah. Well, I mean, the thing is, is it, is it, uh, you know, first off, when I saw it, um, I was floored. Um, I stopped, I went back and I recorded it and I, I, I sent it to Jeremy and I was like, dude, 
<laughs> not bad, right? Like, I mean, I mean, basically, like, I mean, he not only got called out in Congress, but he got called out not as a person, as a freaking institution. And, you know, uh, next to move on, I mean, like, you know, I mean, like, I mean, I mean, uh, you know, it's, yeah, it's like, I mean, it's like, you know, it's like, it's like, oh, you know, you're, you're part of this organization. And then there's Bob, you know, <laughs> you know, so, so, so then I kept wondering myself, like, well, why, why would you do that? Like, why would you, why would you throw such an obvious bone out to somebody, right? And then the discussion moves on and you get to, to what you talked about, which is unfortunately become a very, very muddy discussion um, uh, uh, everywhere now because um, people kind of uh, over and misinterpreted some of what was said in, in that essentially, you're right, they essentially made uh, his video look um, uh, very bad in, in that essentially what they said was that the, the triangle images that you were seeing were the result of a, of a, of a, of a lens condition. However, what they said was that there was still an object there. It just didn't look like a, a, a glowing triangle, it looked like something else. And we don't know what it was. We just know that there were some people flying drones nearby. And in other cases where we saw these triangles, there weren't any drones flying around. So we really don't actually know yet what it is, but we do know that the effect that we saw in that film is this broken effect. And so what it really did was one, it, it unfortunately caused a lot of confusion, a lot of fighting today. But if you look at it from the point of view of, of and this is where it gets a little interesting and a little scary. Um, if you look at it from the point of view of, you know, Jeremy was given that video by essentially people in the DOD. Um, they were then pulling the carpet out from under him by doing this. And um, a really friendly, nice thing for them to do would be to, um, at the beginning of the uh, presentation, uh, call them out as an institution and and, uh, and make them look real pretty next to Mufon. Uh, I'm sorry, but that um, that stitches together real nice for me. And uh, you know, I have no evidence other than my own instincts, but um, but that that stitches together uh, very cleanly to me and makes a lot more sense um, than than somebody else's stuff we've seen. But where it gets scary is that what we're then talking about is there was somebody who knew enough about what was going to be said that they knew that this was going to happen and they actually had concerns about what Jeremy would do or feel or react to that and they decided to take action and got action done in a very action-y way, right? And so who's going to have that sort of influence over a congressional hearing? That, to me, is a very interesting question. Well, we saw Lou Elizondo absolutely everywhere on the media today kind of defending the position, talking about it. He was on CNN. He was on Fox News. He was on with Ross Coulthart and and uh, and other podcasts going on, kind of defending the, the and reminding people, just like he did to me in text message yesterday, uh, stating, hey, man, this is baby steps here. We need to be able to to take the good out of this. It may not have been what we wanted or expected, but you know what? There was a lot more good than bad. And, you know, for a lot of us, myself oh, included, yeah. we are trying to see the positive that was out there and, and could happen. What was your thoughts of the day's events throughout the media? Um, I'm... Um 
I'm actually trying to digest it in fixed chunks so that I'm not trickle fed things because I, I want to have more control over uh, how I react to certain things um, and, and take them more uh, unbiasedly, essentially. And so, um, you know, I think it's been very interesting. I think a lot of it's been very predictable. I think some of it's been a little unfortunate. Um, it's some of it has been certainly emotional. Um, um, but I just, you know, I, I, I wish people understood that when you've been in an adversarial debate with anyone for any length of time, uh, and I don't care how much you like them or love them or hate them. If you've been in a, a you know, a respectful, you know, and one of them loses, it's not going to go over well for the winner to gloat about it. You know what I'm saying? Like, so, I mean, there, there is like, there is like this problem where essentially it doesn't matter if, um, if, 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 if Corbell is right or Knapp is right or, or anyone else is right, if you then, you know, run out to Twitter and start going, look, 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 I was right. I was right. I was right. I'm sorry. You know, I, I mean, there, look, I'm not saying that you can never say anything about it. There are actually very clever ways that you can bring it up and it doesn't sound so freaking nasty and slimy. But, you know, it, it tends to fall that way. And so that's that ends up being part of the challenge. There's a lot of kind of I told you so is being floated around today that are not only not helpful, but they aren't even actually valid because um, not a whole lot was has actually changed. Well, nothing has really changed. And that's that's where we are. We're, we're still where we are as we were a couple of days ago. We just have it in public now. Yes, but we do have one very important change. And that is that we have the Wilson documents entered in the congressional record. Yeah, let's talk about that. We have about, <laughs> we, we have four minutes. We'll skip Shirky Poo's news tonight uh, and we'll get to that tomorrow. So we have four minutes. So were you, talk about were you more shocked by that or by Corbell being announced? Wilson documents. Okay. Yeah, I think so. And, not and, hey, the not way, too far off. I could literally feel Eric Davis, Dr. Eric Davis, because uh, he is the man behind him. And he's never really talked publicly about him. All of a sudden, shrinking in his chair, trying to be like, "Oh my God, I just got called out in front of the American public." I hope he was with somebody. <laughs> oh, what? Yeah, no, it, that was nutty. And but the thing is, is that if you look at the guy that gave the presentation, right, the first thing he says when he came on is, he said, "Thank you for including me," which means he was the last ad. Okay. Now, then he went through his whole presentation, and he did hit points, but that little Mel Wilson memo add in at the very end felt kind of like a like an oh yeah sort of thing to me, right? And um, and so I think there's a possibility that essentially um, somebody wanted that Wilson memo entered into congressional record and agreed to give him a chance to talk on the panel as a last minute ad in return for him potentially sacrificing himself, which didn't end up happening, but it could have, by essentially submitting the document to congressional record uh, afterwards. And just to be real clear for those who aren't following, the Wilson documents, um, which I'll, I'll try to send out another copy after the show, are a very, very aggressive, very forward set of documents that makes a lot of claims about what the U.S. government does and does not know about aliens. Well, you know what? As he Gallagher said today, we cannot rule out extraterrestrials and i think that over the next amount of time over the next amount of meetings and i don't think it's this year i don't think it's next year maybe even the year after you know eventually they're going to whittle everything down to where they are not going to have a choice 
but to mention that it is extraterrestrial. Even though people like Elizondo, Mellon, Bill Nelson, Jim Semivan, and others have already started the extraterrestrial conversation. But I think, Dave, that's exactly the point you just said is, is the point, is to get everyone to the point where they have no choice left but to go to the decision that is the right one. And I think that's the only way they feel they can herd the public in a safe way to the conclusions that they believe are accurate today. See, and John, I, I where you and I may disagree, and, and please, I may be overstepping my boundaries here when I say that, all right, I think a lot of these politicians already know that it's not from here. All right. I think they already know that these are of sort, some sort of extraterrestrial or ultra-terrestrial phenomena. They can't come out in public and say that. There is too much to risk. There is too much that is at stake, both in the United States and around the world. Now, that may sound like an excuse, but from what I have heard from people I've talked to, I know that this is a grave concern because they already know it's not Russia and China. They know that this stuff is not man-made. And outside of the swamp gas dude, and that's all I'm going to call that guy, is swamp gas dude, the congressman, They, the others were at least in somewhat in touch with what was going on. And yet we haven't heard from Rubio or Gillibrand as of yet. We got... 30 seconds. No, she did. No, my understanding is that Gillibrand did make a statement. I haven't read it yet, but my understanding is she did make a statement. But, but Rubio has been quiet. And uh, yeah, I mean, look, but look, this was a surprise for a lot of us. Um, it was kind of a, of a, of a you know, a, a throw to us and we got to enjoy it and we get what we get out of it and we learn something and hopefully that means the hearings are better next time. Well, we're going to find out. We're going to find out because as long as we have Burchett, as long as we have uh, uh, Gallagher, and they want the disclosure, they want it on the table, I think the fight continues. And we need the fight to continue for anybody in this community. Hey, it's going to put a lot of us out of jobs, a lot of podcasters out of jobs. Hey, and I don't mind. And if Canada opens up a woo desk, I know I will apply for it. I will. But until then... Fedora wearing John Hudson, thank you so much for joining us with the Unbiased UFO Report. Thank you to the Swamp Dweller, to Shane Hewitt in the shift, and of course Merle and Ghost of the Great White North. We have Mr. Ron Bumblefoot Thal rocking in the background with Little Brother is watching. Bumblefoot is the official music of Spaced Out Radio, rocking us in and out of every single show. Get your horns up for the guitar god himself. Special thanks to everybody listening in at work, at home, in your cars, wherever you may be. Thank you to everyone in our chat rooms tonight. YouTube, Twitch, LGAP, Facebook, the Space Travelers Club, and on Twitter at hashtag SpacedOutRadio. I know you're out there somewhere. Remember, this show is copyright by Spaced Out Radio and SOR. Media Ventures Limited, thank you so much for choosing to share your evening with us, because together, my friends, we own the night, Mr. Bumblefoot, we need a favor, we need you to take us home. Yes, the Wu Train has docked for the night. But soon, my friends, we shall ride again. Your seats are always available. Your tickets 
never expire. And if you want to bring a friend, we've got room for them too. Good night. You can't get much for five bucks these days. Unless you go to Wendy's for a $5 biggie bag. Get your choice of double stack, junior bacon cheeseburger, or crispy chicken BLT. Plus four-piece nugs, fries, and a drink. All for just five bucks. That was smooth, wasn't it? That's how you're going to feel when you get that biggie bag at Wendy's. U.S. price participation may vary. Includes four-piece nuggets, small soft drink, and small fry. Prices may be higher in Alaska and Hawaii.